This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studio in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit shoptalkpodcaststudio.com. Uh, yes, sir. Okay. Mic check, one, two, one, two. Mic check, one, two. Yeah, we, uh, we back. The boys is back, man. This is going to be a good one. I want to fight whoever started bike. Plies. I told you it was Plies. I hate that nigga. That's why I don't like that shit, dog. Plies got his grill out. Stun on hoes this weekend. Looking like a human being and shit. Hey, man. All right. Let's see. How we going? This the vibes, man. Never make permanent decisions with temporary money. <laughs> Wait. How this didn't... Come on, huh? Here we go. Let's run that back. Let's run that back. They got to put some respect on Game Catalog, dog. Game Catalog is getting all of your favorites out of the paint, but y'all don't want to. Man, y'all don't want to have that conversation. I mean, we really, really could put Game Catalog up against a lot of folks, dog. Oh man, Game, um, Game and Ross in a in a ten person catalog oh versus God. catalog, they can they run fuck around you. being the finals. They can run you, dog. <laughs> Uh, it's it's not a bad album from either one. Like even they worst, and I put air quotes around that worst albums. Still probably better than some of your favorites. Stay off the blogs. Listen to the music. Facts, facts. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to this week in culture, episode one forty one. Happy Martin Luther King Day. I am your host, Aunt Wood, aka Trinidad, and and one half for the culture. And I got my brother with me, Jay. What up, though? What up, though? Shout out to uh, Michael Luther King uh, Jr. <laughs> He was born as that. Facts. Um, and shout out to Coretta Scott King as well. Facts, man. Rest in peace to both of them, man. And I uh, hope everybody had a good week. Nice to see y'all again, man. Shout out to all the listeners, all the supporters, all the fans, all the retweeters. Um, we got a lot of new people in the Facebook group this week. Salute to y'all. And salute to all the new listeners, man. I got some uh, got some really great random feedback over, um, over the last week or so. So I appreciate everybody hitting us up and letting us know y'all rock with us. Um, before you get to the, so what made me feel good this week, mm-hmm. um, podcast related is when something's coming up for the culture like this weekend. Yeah. And folks are reaching out and tagging and tweeting or yep. just having conversations and, yeah. and, and looking forward to hear us have, hear us review or literally just talk about it in the, in the thread. Like, yeah. Man, that make that warms my heart to be perfectly honest, cause I'm a stranger to most. 
a lot of our listeners don't know us from a can of paint in real life. Yeah. Um, but but through this medium that we have, this avenue that we have, folks have gotten to the point where they anticipate our conversations almost as much as they anticipate the material that we were viewing, man. Yeah. So um, really appreciate that. And I'm with Jay, man. I love to see that. I love to see, like, we had a heavy cultural um film weekend this weekend yes, or, um and and not it it doesn't go past me that mlk weekend brought about two of the the three films that we're reviewing over the next couple of weeks um specifically the one we're reviewing today american skin um but even one night in miami man all of that to be released this weekend just felt real uh real intentional and um to know that when this sort of stuff comes out and Jay sent me a list of some upcoming films and TV shows that we're definitely going to be reviewing some cultural stuff. And it's just like to know that as this shit approaches folks tag us and they come to us and they like, we already folks is hitting us. Like I'm anticipating a classic. Like this finna be top five pressure. <laughs> oh, the pressure's there, dog. But um, we, we know what it is, man. Folks know because they know the work that we deliver, man. We we get these type of films. They know how we show out, and I don't anticipate this one being any different. So salute to all y'all who let us know that y'all ready. Trust and believe we ready too, man. This Week in Culture, we review Nate Parker's American Skin, directed by and starring Nate Parker himself. We're going to make sure that my dog Didn't gets his flowers today. Um, I do believe he wrote this film. Let me. Um, I want to make sure that all things we say today are accurate because they're trying to get my brother Nate Parker out to paint. Um and and I want to make sure that he gets not only all of his flowers. Yep, screenplay by Nate Parker, directed by Nate Parker, starring Nate Parker. Loved it. Probably funded by hey, Spike man. Lee and Netflix. And and it, <laughs> hey man, let's um. I also did you think anything of it that you know we had one night in Miami come out um to America or I'm sorry the Prime Video we had uh, outside the wire with Damson and Anthony Mackie come to Netflix. Did you think anything of it that this was the only film that came out that you had to pay for? Nope. Like I and again the natural thought is to go a this was going to be a theatrical release so he didn't have a deal with Netflix, he didn't have a deal with Amazon or any of the other streaming services. So naturally, when it comes out, you're going to have to pay to either rent it or buy it. But I did think something like, hmm, I, uh, interesting. I'll, I'll be honest. Um, I'm yeah. glad it was not on the streaming service. And I'm I'm glad that it was a pay for yeah. pay per view. Yeah. So facts. to speak. Literally. Because one, you're not held down to one of these streaming services. Because believe it or not, I know a lot of people who don't got Amazon yep. um, or Hulu. Or Netflix. Yeah. And I want this man to get his money. Facts. Give me my money back. Don't give me this one flat rate and then the whole fucking world and my shit blow up and I could have got uh, $10 a pop. Yeah. No, no, I'm I'm good with that. I'm I'm definitely glad that he getting his bread directly and not, you know, tied into a contract with one of these services. But um I had so many people as we were reposting the American skin um trailer or clips from the movie or even just the uh, the logo itself, I had people hitting me like, Where is this? I ain't see this and it's like I guess tw- I I get it and I had a lot of people saying that as yeah. well. But like in twenty twenty, how do you rent a movie? Yeah. Like it's it, it's you either got to go to Prime Video, you got to go to Google Play, or you got to go to Apple TV. But like, th- you got three choices. But like, this should be common knowledge, right? You would think. You would think. Um, or maybe not, because since everybody is so used to streaming services, but like everybody is using some sort of device to stream from, right? Facts. 
So you either you listen and you watching on your Apple TV, your uh, Roku player or whatever. Like all those places have like a rental. Yeah. Shit, option. even on my Samsung TV. I will say something that caught me off guard, though. Um, the Amazon Prime, right? So when you go to Prime Video, they have a section that is it's like black voices is the category, right? And then under Black Voices, they had an MLK, like Regina King's top MLK weekend movie picks. And then under Black Voices and Regina King's MLK picks, they had movies newly released to rent or purchase. American Skin was only in one of those three categories, the newly released to rent or purchase category. That was the only one it was in, but it was the last one at the back. I don't know how they organize it, but I'm like, yo, there were movies in that one that didn't drop Friday. They've been out for weeks. I mean, that's just like the Apple iTunes billboard. I guess pay for play. Yeah, man. I, I just I can get you. I can get you on a playlist. Depending on how much you play, you're going to be on the last. Just, just shit. I noticed just shit. I noticed because um, and then I mean, when I went to uh, Apple TV, I didn't see it. But it took a minute of scrolling for me to get there. So, part of the disruption, uh, we'll clear that up. Y'all gonna get a punch, don't even trip. It's about a good 20 seconds of disruption there. Um, salute to whatever podcast is next door over here asking Jay questions like we're in the middle of greatness. Anyway, um, no, nah, man, but it, it was just little stuff that I noticed where it's like, all right, I see y'all trying to make it real difficult to get to this film. But um, then I started to think, yo, we know what happened with Nate Parker's last film. 2016, um, Birth of a Nation came out and immediately they drummed up every charge that he ever faced um, when he was in, in college at Penn State. And then that film ultimately got really horrible reviews and did not recoup a lot of the bread because um, not only did white people it's too much not want to go see it, they made it where black people and women, they hit two different demographics to make them not want to go see it. So it didn't get a lot of the support. So I will say salute to Nate Parker off top for not giving up on this filmmaker dream that he has and for not running away from tackling controversial topics. Cause and what's interesting yeah. is people are mad at him because he won't run away. Yeah. And that he won't admit that he did something that he claims he didn't do. Yeah. So. Um, even saw one review and we're going to get into some of the critic reviews uh, in a mention, but I, or in a minute, but I saw one review that even likened this film to they called it like a modernized birth of a nation. And I'm like, this was not a modern birth of a nation. This was today. <laughs> birth of a nation was during slavery. That was a revolt by slave. This was not a slave revolt. These are free men telling y'all y'all still on bullshit. It's not a modern day birth of a nation because ain't nobody get killed. It's also a fact, but we going to tell y'all what happened. And I, I saw, so I seen some of us mad at that. I mean, and, and yo, I'm not mad at us not. Here's the thing. If you're going to kill a cop in your film as a black person, you're going to kill a racist cop in your film. It's a way that you have to do it. It's a way to do it. Got to be a cliffhanger. You can't show it. 
you definitely can't show it. One, two, you got to romanticize it. A la Queen and Slim. You got to do that. You got to make it palatable for these niggas. We got to the point in Queen and Slim where you forgot a cop got killed. Because then it becomes a love story and it becomes an on the run story. And that's no knock on Queen and Slim. Y'all know how we feel about Queen and Slim. Um, But when you romanticize that story and you can get away from the killing of that cop and you can get away from the racist nature in which he got killed, because that cop got killed on his own racist, like, doings, dog. I don't believe there's a... This whole killing a cop shit, that shit don't resonate nowhere inside of me because I don't place a cop life... as Over more anyone else, anyone else. Yep. Facts. So when somebody saw a cop got killed, nigga, did a person get killed? Because tell me about the person who got killed. I don't give a fuck what you do for a living, because your your position and what you do for a living doesn't mean that your death is more impactful than my little cousin who passed away because of over gun violence or some shit like that. Like, don't don't make a stink because a quote unquote cop got killed. Cops tell me about around, you know in my neighborhood. All right, you kids, the, stop having so much fun. Move along. I, I figured you might. <laughs> Because this felt kind of relevant as you was talking. By 11, Negroes 12. And you'd be trying to get home, you know, doing your crew runs. And they always catch you out in front of a store or something. Because you'd be taking shortcuts, right? Cops. Put your hands up, black boy. Cops shot the kid. The cops shot the kid. I don't want to hurt nobody. We just came here to party. See a few So like, um, and I don't mean that to say I think something should happen to cops because I, I, I 100% don't. Mm-hmm. But if the idea is their lives are special because of what they have to go through each day. Fam. Then when a black person dies, because what we have to go through each day, it needs to be treated the exact same way. When Where's my what, qualifier? When does what we go through each day get acknowledged? Like, at what point? Because here's the thing. Police were not always here. There were not always cops in the sense that we think of police officers. Um, black people have always been here since the beginning of time. Overseer? Officer, don't get my KRS. I mean, bad. I mean, but again, when you when you when you start to look at that, right? Oh, they go through all these traumas and they so scared and they even in this movie, dog scream like I was scared. I I wanted to make it home. Da da da. Fam, we go through this before we interact with y'all today. Literally, right now. No, like legitimately, I went on lunch today to get my dad a birthday cake. Uh huh. And I was in Livonia, going to Kroger. And I seen a, a police car parked really weird. And when I passed, he pulled out and got behind me. And I was like, nigga, it's LaFonia. Wow. You, <laughs> you already know. know. You already know. Now, I'm good. But why you get behind me, my nigga? And we know the, the so for those of y'all who ain't from Michigan, Livonia is one of the metro Detroit cities that's like, we know ninety something percent white. Yeah, ninety percent sundown town. White sun former sundown town, um, and one of the areas in Metro Detroit where you don't want to be pulled over. Like you're going to get that ticket, if not way more than that ticket. So you don't want to be black and get pulled over in Livonia, Michigan. It's just a thing, um, and everybody knows that. So to have a cop from Livonia pull over behind you and start driving behind you, like immediate anxiety, bro. Because what like the I'm hell? Down. What's that? Uh, like middle belt. No, I'm driving down five mile, like five mile middle belt area. Mm-hmm. And like, it's a big ass street. Um, 
he like over to on the left hand, my left side, like on the side street. Yeah. Like he had to come like them. You didn't you. you there wasn't no accidental. You came out. You came out specifically for me. For you. Yeah. Uh, just and a lot of time too. Um, something else that we're going to get into when we start talking about the film a little bit more. Um, a lot of time they do that just because they can. You ain't actually do nothing. No, not at all. They just doing it because now it's like, hmm. I wonder if he is doing something. I ain't speeding. Uh-huh. I I, all my plates is good and all hey. my everything is good. I'm just trying to go get a birthday cake, my nigga. <laughs> but you look like something. So because of that, let me get behind this nigga and start checking them plates, check them tags, make sure because now they looking for a reason. And thank God you ain't give them reason, dog. Kind of. Um, I'm not in no dope boy car no more. Yeah, I, I used to always have one of those vehicles. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I don't have one of those vehicles no more because I don't. You can't. You can't. Ironically, talking about um today and and things that we went through today that are relevant. On my way here, I get on uh I get on 94, headed to Southfield Freeway, and I see a billboard. You know the digital billboards or whatever that's off the freeway. So I see one over to the right, and it's Dr. King. It's a beautiful black and white picture of Dr. King, and then. Red flag. The black, the background of the picture, really colorful, and then all the letters are different colors. But the words read, "The dream is still alive," and I said, "It's only alive because we haven't realized it yet. We haven't realized that dream in full yet, bro." Notice the tense that they use. Mm-hmm. The dream is still alive. Doctor King is not still. Alive. Maybe he would be alive. Y'all motherfuckers didn't kill him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the reason I said red flag is that black and white. Stop with these black and that white black photos and white. of MLK. That black and white. There are color photos available. And stop with these black and white photos of Martin Luther King. All these civil rights moments were nigga. It was color. It was color. Yeah, they are available. Color televisions was out. <laughs> they was out. It's it's a it's a real thing, dog. Um, and so it's, much in fact, I remember Malcolm. One of his kids asked him about a color TV, and he was like, "No, nah, nigga, we don't need one." That clearly that's a paraphrase for me. It's also part of the programming. You know what I'm saying? That black and white, yo, we making this look like this was 900 years ago, bro. Oil paint and shit. Damn. It was the other day. Your mom was little, dog. Like, think about this, dog. Because after watching One Night in Miami, we'll talk about that next week. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Of course, I'm just, I'm always drawn in by the life of Malcolm. Got you. Like always. Yeah. Like his daughter who was in the film, like she's still alive, my nigga. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's a living, breathing human. That's not like a hundred years. Like no. she's still like alive. No. She's like around your parents' age. Like if not potentially a little younger. So the idea that, yo, all this shit is in black and white because it was so long ago. Yeah. That's a subtle, that's a <clears throat> subtle mind fuck. Yeah, it's um. Here's the thing. You remember when JFK got killed, right? Yeah, back into the left, back into the left. You already know. Back um, into the left in color. In color. That entire video is in color. That is not a black and white a film. Computer film. <laughs> but they want you to see that in color. But every picture of them pointing off that Lorraine Motel balcony is in black and white. It's the reason for that, my nigga. Martin died after the assassination. Facts. Partly because of the assassination. Facts. Um, the same assassination crew who killed JFK killed Martin Luther King. Facts. The same team. 
Facts. Wasn't one shooter. Wasn't Lee Harvey Oswald. Totally different story. But it's MLK. All that to say. MLK Day, so we'll get them facts out. These these are things that they do to make you think a certain way. They want to age these events, these these horrific assassinations because they want to make you think that the events surrounding them were so long ago that that is not My father's birthday America. is today. He was born January 18th, 1959. Mm. Uh, mm. That nigga was alive. Literally. <laughs> when these people, like, Literally. He, he was alive. Literally. Um, and is alive today. Yeah. And apparently so is the dream. Like I just left his house. Yeah. 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 <laughs> There's a picture of him up on my, on my Instagram. <laughs> Jay Johnson 313, by the way. Go check that out, man. Go look at Jay's dad And then imagine Jay's dad being a young man When all this shit that we're about to discuss Or that we're currently discussing Happened um, And we're going to get again into that a little bit more in detail When uh, when we talk about One Night in Miami For next week's episode But just wanted to kind of talk about What Jay went through in Livonia on his way here um, Or on his way to get his dad's card What I went through on my way to the podcast Like you see these things You see these MLK Billboards and oh, the dream is still alive. No, it's not. And if it is, it's only because y'all still don't get it. Y'all still don't get it. And when we get into some of the critic reviews of this film, we're literally going to tell you that y'all still don't get it. Man, half the people criticizing these films wasn't black. One hundred percent. Like literally, I I saw so many non-black film critics, and that's either telling me that this not your lane. That's our lane, fam. That's what we here for. You know how they tell you, oh, man, we need to teach, you know, more black history in schools and we need to teach more. Black history is American history. All facts, by the way. Again, that's intentional that that's not being done. Well, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it can't be done because our recollection of events and the importance of different events are in direct conflict with mm-hmm. what you say happened. And like you would you would tell me that Asada Shakur is a murderer and um is a is a fugitive and Mm -hmm. i would say no this is a hero this is a a freedom fighter and we can't teach this in history because you have a certain his story Mm -hmm. and then we have a certain her story and there's a reason that the textbooks that come out about american history only have chapters and little blurbs about african-american history and african history um and you can get literally in an american history textbook you'll get the transatlantic slave trade up through the civil rights movement martin luther king you get all that in about five pages and you know what i have no idea what these motherfucking textbooks look like no more because that's been about Oh yeah, it's been a while since we was in school. Yeah, it's been a it's a it's been twenty since I've been in school in general. But mm-hmm. then like probably another twenty five since you was in that since you had social studies. Yeah, yeah. And when you when you look at that though, the fact that these stories keep being told, you know, with misinformation or missing information, is because we aren't the ones telling them, and that's it's a reason for that. So again, seeing why aren't we the ones telling them? I don't know. I don't know. Yo, if there's an African-American or African history book that is, like, written, like, educationally, like, textbook style by a black person, let me know. Because I'll buy it just to read it. Well, I guess, I mean, it's like, why is it the school's job to tell your black child the black history? Oh, it's not. It's not. But, like, we, because we've been, we've been upset with this shit for the last 40, 50 years, mm -hmm. and, like, 
since we know that it's an issue and there's yeah. a deficit there, like at what point are you just going to take the responsibility and teach your child something? And some parents do. Some parents do. I know some folks who make sure they sit down with their kids and have a very open and honest discussion about blacks in this country and blacks from over in Africa. Between the World and Me on HBO. Fire. Finally watched that maybe two weeks ago. Um, have forgotten about it. I, it was on my DVR. I was cleaning out my DVR and couldn't remember what that was. And once I hit play, I couldn't turn it off. I don't know if you, have you read. If you got a chance, to I read did the not. Book? No, I didn't. So, all those words that they were saying, mm-hmm. he wrote in the book. Yeah, but clearly they condensed it and they yeah. put different people on it. And yep. I was like, yo, they made his book sort of like a documentary type thing. It was wild. I watched it last night. I'm like, yeah. yo, this is wild. Yeah. Because I got the audio book. Gotcha. So it was him and his voice saying those, the, the word for word. Yeah. And Young Dog from um, uh, the, what you call them niggas? Them niggas. What you call them Young Kings? Uh, Delicious Mary, one of the, one of them. Oh, uh, uh, the um, Something. exonerated five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, young dog from in there was yeah. He, I'm like, yep. yo, yeah. But he made it seem as if as if those were were his words. Yep. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. it's in his bag. Ironically, you know what's funny? Um, funny and sad, but I I have no problem ever admitting I own that book. Just haven't read it. I haven't read it. It's one of several books I own that I just have not sat down and read. Um, and, and to see this, you know, fed to me via HBO uh, in a documentary format, um, it was really engaging and, and definitely makes you want to pick up the book and actually go into the uh, the detail. And it had, I'm talking, when you talk about black excellence, yeah, every single person that graced that, that, that in front of that camera, man, it was excellent. Yeah. Anyway. And, um, but no, man, when you talk about black excellence, you, we going to start talking about Nate Parker a little bit more, man. Um, Nate Parker, again, has unabashedly approached some really difficult topics in his films, man. He's two films deep as far as directing, starring, and writing goes. And this one, American Skin, like, I thought the time was perfect. It's about an hour and a half, hour 29 to be exact. He got in, got out. They got right to it. The film opened up. With the anxiety that you already kind of anticipated, it got right to it. We didn't learn who Kajani was, his son in the film who gets killed by the police. Um, spoiler alert! If y'all this deep into the thing and y'all haven't watched American Skin yet, cut it off. Um, also, that's what the plot of the film is, so we ain't spoiled none yet. But it jumps out immediately in the first scene how this is going to be told. They weren't holding back, and I like that about it. Yeah, um, I thought. Nate did a good job at trying to get at getting this story told um, from a different perspective. Yeah, because it would be hard to do this movie as a regular movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so they went the office style, yeah, so to speak, where it was it's like real life, but it was done in the in a form of a, a documentary from a from a high I mean, yeah. a college student. And even um, the opening scene, <clears throat> it opens up with a dash cam view from the police car and then it shifts to a body cam view for the officer on Nate's side of the car um or uh Lincoln um even thought his name was kind of ironic Lincoln Jefferson in the film um but it opens up with the the dash cam view switches to the body cam view of the driver's side officer then switches to his son Kijani's 
phone view um and we're looking at the passenger side officer so it was just like that right there like they were really trying to take you into these moments and film it in a way that and was impactful in everybody perspective yeah you got everybody's perspective you got the vantage points that you needed even when they were in the um in the hostage scenes they would shift to security footage sometime like it was it was filmed in a way that you could tell he was trying to show everybody's point of view um and at least give you an idea of what they might be thinking what they might be seeing and from the viewer perspective is that you know we can't start this um film as if it's a documentary type film and then just give you a whole movie so mm-hmm. we had to mm-hmm. d- during and throughout i'm going to give you these different angles because you're watching and if you think when you notice this the killing in the movie happened in 2017. Yeah. This was year and year and a half later. So this is 28. This is in the past. Yeah. So what we're watching yeah. is the the culmination of the film. Yeah. Um. And the movie opens up with that, uh, that scene of the killing, which was July 3rd, 2017. Also found a little bit of irony that this happened the day before Independence Day. Like, it was just little subtleties in the film that I was like, I see what you're saying, Nate. I got you. So July 3rd, 2017, around 11 something p.m., um, almost midnight, uh, Lincoln Jefferson and his son, Kijani, get pulled over uh, in a posh neighborhood. You know how that goes. Can't drive around that late. They in a Honda Civic. You can't be in a Honda Civic in this posh neighborhood and be black. It don't work like that. So we switch from the dash cam to the body cam when the officer approaches Lincoln on his side of the car, comes up, asks for the license and registration right away. You notice Lincoln got his hands up, 10 and 2, on the steering wheel, fingers spread open. like, And that took me to the hate you give. You remember when he was teaching his kids what to do when you interact with a cop during a traffic stop. So had his hands 10 and 2 on the wheel, asked for permission to reach over and get his um, insurance and registration out the glove box, said, I'm going to reach past my 14-year-old. Is that okay? Like I said that shit specifically so you can recognize this here is a child. It's a child. It's a kid over here in the pasture seat. I'm going to read past my 14-year-old son. This is my son. Yeah. Because I know y'all think any black boy over 14 is a grown man. Yeah. This is my 14-year-old son. my son. This is a child. It's my teenage son. And the officer, while he's reaching over to get his insurance and registration, the officer's like, yo, you live in the area? He's like, no, I was picking up my son from a friend's. And then as soon as he hand them everything, they like, you aware your insurance is expired? You ever been in that situation? Yes. Um, I was in that situation a few years ago. Got pulled over going like five over on Southfield Freeway um, back in like that Dearborn area. And dog asked for the insurance. I handed it to him. And it was an old paper. He's like, oh, this is expired. I was like, oh, my bad. I was like, can I show you the digital copy? I must not have printed it out. And he's like, no, don't grab your phone. And I'm like, well, do you want to see my insurance or no? Like, Also, y'all can check that, by the way. Come on, let's, let's be real. They can look this up. That's a thing. And where the movie set, 2017, it was a thing then. They can check to see if your car is insured. It don't take much. So don't get it twisted that handing them uh, expired insurance papers is enough for them to detain you or get you out the car or do any of that wild shit. They can look this up with your registration and your ID. Just a note. Um. So then when he tells them the insurance is expired, Lincoln's like, no, nah, it must be an old copy, but I know my car is insured. So then he reached for the glove compartment again, and the officer goes into officer mode. Yo, keep your hands up. Keep your hands where I can see them. Fam. 
So every time I reach over to get my insurance or whatever out the glove, I got to re-ask you. These cops be looking for a reason, dog. I just asked you, could I go in my glove compartment? You said it was cool. Now I'm doing it again, and you telling me it's not cool. What's the What's the rule here? Like, where we at? I don't like this shit, dog. Shit like this triggers me in real life because how many times I've been pulled over. I guess it's maddening. And to be a black dude in a city like Detroit, it's a lot of people who really, that's why I got so pissed off at some of the critic reviews we're going to discuss later. Because this shit is, you don't understand the anxiety and the pressure that like, comes in this moment, dog. Like, fam, you don't qualify to have an opinion about this you shit. You don't. This one ain't for you. Sit this one out. I'm like, fam, all these newspapers and, and Metacritic and uh, Rotten Tomatoes and um, New York Times, LA Times, all these critics who didn't get us a, a good review, off top, I know y'all got somebody black in there who could have discussed this. I know you have a writer in there who could have discussed this who was a little more culturally engaged to this conversation than these people. But nope, y'all gave these white folks the exact thing that they wanted to do. They wanted to be able to come in here and slam this movie. And y'all gave him the fucking thing to do so, man. But anyway, so the officer's like, yo, can you step out the vehicle? Woo, woo, woo. He get out the vehicle. Then we switch from the body cam to Kejani's phone, right? Now we see Kejani's filming the shit. He pull out his phone. The officer on the passenger side pulled his gun out. Yo, put your phone down. Put your phone down. They screaming, it's a phone. It's a phone. Yo, get your hands up. Get your hands up. Fam, these moments be so chaotic, dog. And this shit happens in real life. Like, why the cops don't know? And dog said it later. We're trained not to de-escalate. That was a fucking statement, dog. Because, nigga, why you don't know that you should calmly be telling, yo, whatever you just pulled, what is that? I don't know. I don't know what that is. I don't want to think it's a gun and shoot you. Why you had to draw your weapon, bro? Um, I could have sworn ignorance is no excuse for the law. Mm. I mean, just because you were trained some way, what that mean? Man, trained not to de-escalate so you don't. Even in a situation where that gun's no longer called for. Called for. Like, you saw, because before the shooting, y'all saw it was a gun. Everybody, or it was phone. a phone, pardon me. Everybody screaming, that's phone, it's phone, he's a child, that's a phone, he's he a told child. He to put the phone down. Fam, literally looking at him, put your phone down. But he got the light on. Fam, it's why filming. Do, why, do I, why am I pointing a gun at you telling you to put your phone down? Why is this phone such a threat to me? And, yo, if this phone is such a threat, I mean, we we find out why the threat. Like, so yeah, yeah. let's let's get through this shit because it's about to get me angry. So we cut. We don't see what happens at the end of this interaction. At first, we cut to a year later. It's now July third, um, twenty eighteen, and we got a filmmaker, college student filmmaker, goes up to Lincoln Jefferson's door. He's like, "Yo, we talked on the phone a few times. I asked you if it would be cool interviewing." Lincoln's like, "Cool, come in, man." So they go in there. They sit down, they get to talking, and you could tell Lincoln was kind of intrigued when he told him that, yo, my my class will see this, but if it gets enough, like, traction, I could get this in some festivals and really make this a thing. What's a festival? <laughs> that what's a festival was real. And ironic, because this film was premiered at a festival. Um, Inception. Yeah, yeah, so... Um, he started asking questions, you know, who was KJ? Like, if you could describe him, one word, one sentence, tell me about him. And then we start to get a little better feel for the fact that KJ was really a 14-year-old child. He was jovial. He was happy. He was a teenager. Like, they start to humanize what I'm sure 
was described as, you know, some thuggish ass black kid in the wrong neighborhood at the wrong time. You know how the news does. So I could appreciate the film just sort of taking this and saying, no, nah, we're going to make it seem like this was a real kid with his dad. He was funny. He was childish. He was everything a 14 year old kid should be. Um, and then they f- flip over. You could tell like now they've been recording this documentary, these interviews for a little longer now. And now we at Lincoln's mom crib and we meet the grandma and she explains a little bit more about how she helped raise Kijani. They called him KJ. Um, Lincoln was in the war. We find out that he was a, a decorated Marine, but things got hard when he got back. I feel like in America, and I've said this on this pod, it's a goddamn shame how they treat veterans in this country. Like black veterans, white veterans, every veteran. Like there's no way you should be able to go out and fight for this country and then come home poor and essentially like forgotten about dog that shit is wild to me i mean he did 21 months two different tours in iraq i mean come back he like yo i had issues finding a job i had issues money problems i couldn't get in touch with the va like they just leave you the fuck out there after you went over there to go die you one of the lucky few who make it back and then you come back to nothing, nigga. And he talks about how eventually him and KJ's mom split because shit got hard. He had no money. He was like, that shit takes a toll on a man's pride. Funny how that works, man. In addition to PTSD and all the other shit, I got to come back and I got to deal with my fucking baby mom. Well, my wife in this case. It's a lot, dog. And I don't think people understand that shit, man. So then she also mentions that Lincoln got KJ into the real good school, right? Got him into one of them top schools, whoa, 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 because he worked in the district. So, wow. And then we get a flashback to KJ on his first day of school, man. This was the first scene that I got real sad in, dog. So they showing Lincoln film. Again, we getting that first person vantage point, right? So they showing Lincoln filming KJ, asking him about his first day of school. He. And this was this was a kid, bro. Oh, this was um, this was pretty sad for multiple reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it was sad because the the young kid is not here any longer. But what's really sad is how happy and surprised yeah he seemed just because the school had how he said it. It seemed like he got a bunch of mini restaurants inside of the school. Yeah, yeah. Um, everybody was happy to see me. He questioned whether whether they was really happy or was it to be friends with the only black kid. Yeah, in the school. And then one thing that he mentioned, like, "Yo, it's pretty cool and everything like that." But he was like, "Man, and nobody got into a fight. Not all day. All day." He said it was no drama. It was not one fight. Oh, this is your first day at school. And the shocking, the most shocking thing to you was that nobody fought all day. And um, somebody, that point is going to come up a little bit later, but like, like that's an indictment, a subtle indictment, just on how how we educate our children, yeah. the resources that are that are there. Like, and you know what? You can actually eat food mm-hmm. that's not um, pizza and French fries. Overprocessed bullshit. Because. Yep. Even though we, we make um, back in high school, y'all niggas love that pizza and Friday. Facts. Oh, fam, we ate processed food every single day. We ate bullshit every single day. That was our day. option. And then you take all that, that fat and greasy food, and mm-hmm. then it's midday. So then you go sit in the history class at 2 o'clock and now try to sleep. stay woke. Now you sleep. Come on, man. But then beyond that, it kind of made me think, too. Um, so we had our discussion last week about the uh, the the breach at the Capitol, right? 
And when they returned, when all the, the Capitol employees and senates and all the congressmen, when they returned to work, they had metal detectors put up. And so many congressmen and congresswomen was talking shit like this is inhumane and this is vile and this is this and this is that. And the first thing I thought about was welcome to Cody High School. Fam, welcome to Mumford. I remember my little or my older cousin, rest in peace. Shit, she welcome was, to Cass. Nigga, welcome to most black schools in inner cities, bro. Welcome to DPS. I'll Literally, welcome to DPS, dog. Shit, we had a metal detector at McDowell Elementary for a moment. I was in like third grade. It was there. It was at the main entrance. It was right there. You couldn't walk in without it, dog. And when we didn't have a metal detector, guess who we had? A security guard wanding you. Every kid walking through, wanding. Like, come on, dog. This is literally DPS in a nutshell. So don't tell me that walking into Congress with a metal detector is inhumane. My nigga, my kid's been doing it since they was in the fifth grade, sixth grade. Nigga, Welcome to Bobian. Nigga, some banks in the city got that shit, dog. Oh, my God. Nigga, the Chase Bank in Southwest, you getting locked in a cage to go to the ATM, bro. You ain't getting out. Can you imagine that? In order to go to the bank, you got to have a, a, a metal detector yeah. to get in the bank. Yep. That's, it's nuts, dog. So to I, Detroit. I, I, literally, bro. So I thought about that during this scene because KJ seemed genuinely happy, but genuinely, relieved. like, shocked. Yeah, relieved. That's a f- great way to put it. Stress-free. Stress-free. Yo, I don't have to worry about starving, eating food. I don't have to worry about fighting. Mm-hmm. Yo, I can just go to school and worry about school. Yeah. And that's a that's a... It's a concept, when, ain't it? When people are talking about white privilege, they always we we they take it as if we're saying that you've done something wrong and you you should be mad about it. No. Yeah. It's not that you got extra money, it's that no one took anything from you. Yeah. yeah. You can go to school and, and worry, worry about, about school. school. Yeah. It's a privilege. And and it's only a privilege because we're not even normal yet. It's also in addition to it being a privilege, like, fam, it's a necessity. If I can go to school and worry about school only and nothing else, imagine what my grades might be. You know what I'm saying? Like, imagine the graduation rate rising because the kids here don't have to worry about all the other bullshit that comes with being in a school in the inner city. Shit is crazy, dog. It's really crazy. And they don't really get how much this shit impacts you. Like, for everybody like Cass, universally known as the greatest high school in Detroit, Renaissance, King, like these are all great schools. Cody, all these other schools, like we got all these dope high schools, but think about how many people don't graduate. Think about how many people can't maintain that GPA to stay in some of these schools and they get kicked out because, dog, it takes a lot to get over all the bullshit that we have to see day to day. The fights, the drama. Nigga, for me to get to Cass... I was getting up at five o'clock in the morning so I can be on the corner of Jerry Road and Evergreen getting on the DOT, mm-hmm. getting on a steel, uh, what we used to call that bitch, the steel train or steel some shit to go all the way downtown Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it required a lot to be able to do that. Or, um, or me walking from Jerry Road all the way down to Tyreman to get on that Tyreman bus in the morning to go all the way and get dropped off in front of it when adults who at the gas station and bust out asking a 14-year-old kid, let me, you got, let me get you got a couple change, hours. you got yeah. this or that. Or, like, it was so much that you had to do. I'm getting chased by dogs in the middle. Of, it's Might as well be the middle of night. It's, it's 6 o'clock in, in the wintertime. It, yeah. It's dark as fuck. It's dark. It's cold. 
it's not ideal to be running from dogs or adults. <laughs> like so much shit that you gotta go through before before seven o'clock. Yeah, before the first bell ring, like you just getting here is a is a is a struggle. Fam, I posted a meme the other day. It said high school was really wild. Uh, you could get your ass beat at seven a.m. <laughs> like. Imagine before 7 a.m. going through all that, and then you walk into the school and get your ass beat. Off a microwavable uh, sausage biscuit. Because that's all I mean. Hey, yo, grab this. That salty, buttery-ass biscuit. You out the door. And you out the door. Dog. But again, they don't get how all this shit impacts us, bro. Hey, yo, them Bob Evans sausage biscuits. Fire. Or, or whatever the fuck. Them was fine. They was the Bob Evans. Hey, and then the, we put them in the microwave, that little plastic or the, thing. Uh, no, the Jimmy Dean joints. Jimmy Dean. Jimmy Dean joints, yeah. That little plastic shit kind of puff up. Like, Don't overcook your yo, shit, that'd though. that'd be hard. Don't overcook your <laughs> shit, though. Oh, be hard as shit. Oh, man. Um, so then we flash back to, uh, or flash forward, rather. It's Lincoln and Jordan, the filmmaker. They standing in KJ's room. And KJ's looking around, he see the, or I'm sorry, Jordan looks around, he see the posters on the wall, and he like, yo, KJ was into Malcolm X, huh? And Lincoln was like, yo, I tried to teach him, you know what I'm saying? He he was really into history, I tried to teach him about his history, and he was like, one of KJ's proudest moments was he got this new white school that he's in to acknowledge and teach about the Black Panther Party movement during Black History Month. Like, he was real proud of that. And I'm like, dog, imagine the pressure being the only black student in that school trying to get something done because you're trying to be conscious about your history. KJ was ahead of his time, dog. Like, for real. I know some kids who won't do that in a black school. He doing it in this literally predominantly white school. He the only black kid there. And he got them to talk about the black. You know they don't want to talk about the Black Panthers. Of all the people they don't want to talk about. Black Panthers and Malcolm X, they don't want to have them discussions for real, dog. Cause you ain't gonna get a whole lot of PC uh, clips and and sound bites from the two of them. It just don't happen, man. Um, more on the Black Panthers coming soon. Cause Judas and the Black Messiah will be out February fourth, I believe. And me and Jay gonna go crazy. So keep your eye out. Anyway, then we flash to um, KJ on Facetime with his homeboy. Right, he talking to his man Jonah, and he telling his man Jonah like, "Yo, when you interact with the police, you could fight back." Jonah like, nigga, who taught you that? He was like, uh, the law, nigga, the Supreme Court. Like, they said you could fight back. And he was like, it's legal to resist the cops and fight back against unlawful custody from an officer. Um, That's a 100% fact. That up is in, a fact. Up until including death. Mm-hmm. Um, But you know what's, you know what's really got to be fucked up? Mm. No, not got to be. What is really fucked up is how... Um, some white folks will tell us that we're equal yeah. and we should follow the rules of law. And if you just follow the rules and everything, you you would not, we would not be in the position that we were in if we would just comply with laws and rules and regulations and shit. Mm-hmm. And then for a young kid to actually believe that shit and start quoting laws and shit yeah. out there. Yeah. And then your dad got to come in here and be like, hey, uh, yeah, that's technically yeah. true. But my nigga, that's and not for you. You could even see the disappointment in KJ face. Rewatch it if you still have the uh, the rental or if you purchased it. When he tells him, technically, you right. KJ face, he go technically. I know what that, I know what comes about that. Like because his homeboy on the other on the on on the Zoom or whatever, he yeah. was like, nigga, I don't know. Yeah, and that's the thing, man. Unfortunately, blacks in this country don't get the right to be technical. We can't. 
That's not a thing. That those technicalities get us killed. They don't apply. <laughs> um, so Lincoln started explaining, like, yo, when you're dealing with the police, he told them, don't think of laws, don't think of rights, don't think of anything like that. Just do what they say so you can make it home. That's a fucked up conversation to have. And KJ challenged him. He like, so everything you taught me, you want me to forget? In that moment, yep. Yes, the fuck I do, nigga, because I need you to make it back to the crib. Sorry. Like, it don't work like that, unfortunately, dog. You got to let go all that pride shit, all that black man power shit. It don't work when you're dealing with these cops because if they kill you, you'll never have a chance to tell them what your rights were ever again, dog. So you got to unfortunately do what they say because you at risk. And it's real fucked up. You got to teach your kid you need to comply or die. That's a wild concept. And not that you're going to die in every interaction that you have with a cop where you don't do exactly what they say, how they say it. Could be. But it is happening more often than not. And over the course of however long we've been in this country, it's happened more often than not. If you don't listen and do exactly what they say, how they say it. And be black. And be black. You're not going to make it home. That's just a fact, and that's a wild combo to have to have with your 14-year-old and his friend. I like that but, Lincoln told him, Jonah, you stay on, nigga. But it's a conversation that you must have. Mm-hmm. When do you have that conversation? I know we don't have kids, but when do you, ideally when you having that combo? Um, when your kids are able to leave the house without you. Mm. So yeah. if you're going to be at a friend's house, or you, yeah. if, if you can be out the house without me, yeah. we got to have that conversation about what should happen when you go and get in contact with the police. Yeah. Um, letting them know too, that the cops aren't your friends. I know what they teach you in school. I know what they try to make police officers seem like, and this ain't to say they all bad, but don't talk to them like they your friend. Fam, don't talk to them at all. Also a fact. Because if you are in a situation with the police, not because they're not a bad, not because they're a bad person, yeah. not because they're about to do you harm, but because if you do say something, they will use it against you. Mm-hmm. That, that in the court of law. It's a whole thing. It's just best for your safety for you not to, to communicate. Yeah, don't even allow yourself to be Mirandized. Um, and another thing, because I don't want nobody to take what Lincoln says or even what we're saying, like, yo, nigga, just do what the fuck they say and, and make it home to tell your story. Make it home to fight your fight. I don't want nobody to take that. The wrong way. I'm going to give an example, man. I got pulled over one time downtown. I might have told this story before on this pod, but fuck it. We here again. Got pulled over downtown. Um, I'm on this little back one-way street. Each corner of that street, it's a sign that says one way. Pointing east, it's a sign that says at the other corner, one way. Pointing west. Opposing fucking signs, right? I don't know if this bitch fell down and turned. I don't know what happened, nigga. But it's two opposing signs on each corner of the street I'm on. So I went the way of the one of the sign that I was near, right? Turned down the street. Cop pulled out immediately. Whoop, whoop. You know you're going the wrong way. I said, um, no. Nah. Said one way. I came the one way, nigga. She was like, well, you going the wrong way down the one way. I'm like, so look, I got my window down, right? So I reach out the window to point at the corner where the sign was that told me to go that way. As soon as I reached, she pulled her weapon. Immediately. Told me to put my hands back in the car on the steering wheel. And I'm like, yo, you're going fucking nuts. I'm literally just trying to tell you to sign on that corner. Don't say whatever that sign, because now I'm close enough to the other corner. I can see the opposing one. I'm like, they don't say the same thing. They pointing at each other. Two different arrows. She like, you're going the wrong way down the one way. And I'm something, something, something. She yelling at me now. So I'm like, you know what? Just write the ticket. Here go my shit. All right. White oh, people, y'all can't be police officers no more. 
Oh, this was a black woman. Jesus Christ. Women, you can't be police officers. <laughs> Sorry, Hollins. <laughs> Sorry. Y'all so can't look, be police officers. She go fucking nuts on me. She write me this ticket. As Only soon black as men she, are able to be police officers. Facts. Um, soon as she pulled off, and unfortunately, we don't want to. <laughs> Most of us. Soon as she pulled off, I got out the car. This was before camera phones, but it was during that era where we carried around thick-ass cameras all day. I got out the car. I walked to each corner. I took a picture of each fucking sign. Took that shit to court. I had my day in court. Nigga, pay your court fee. Go home. You ain't got no ticket. We'll wash this whole shit off. But it's wild that you got to do that to make sure you don't get shot. Because all I was trying to tell her was she was wrong. (laughs) So where the statistics about um, civilians murdering the police? Uh. Because for them to be so scared, you would think it would have to be an epidemic, right? I mean... Cause I'm, I'm. They fear us, is what a, we're told. Bro. This is a question, and I don't have the answer, and I'm not gonna Google it right now. But I'm sure. Yeah. We gonna get the answer in the comments somewhere. Yeah. I'm fairly sure police kill more people than people kill police. Fam, I feel like if people killed more police than police killed people, the police would literally be going crazy out in the streets right now. Or they'll stop fucking with us. Also, that because it's a word for that when the cops. I can't think of the word. Somebody tell me the word in the, uh, in the comments. But it's a word for when the cops stop doing their job. Like when they say we're no longer going to protect the people. It's a, it's a specific word for that. But no, I that can't be true. And you know what's wild? It Let me not say it should be true, but it could be true because we clearly outnumber the police. It seemed like any time a police officer passes, um, I, see, I see it on the news. Like it's a mm. thing. Yeah. Like a processional, the whole nine yards. Yeah. Like, yep. it's a thing. So many niggas get killed by the police. That shit don't even make the news no more. Like, it's so rare for yeah. me, in my opinion. Yeah. Not, again, I'm not coming from, I'm not speaking from a place of. No, no, no. We don't know the numbers. Yeah. But it would appear it's so rare in the city I live in that every time it happens, it's a big deal on the news. Yeah. And that's shit, not. We be often. knowing, like, top officers by name and shit. Like, Somebody gets killed. It's like an immediate, like, oh my god, they killed. Like we know um, these cops, and it's definitely not. I'll, I'll put it like this: If you live in a inner city neighborhood, look at your news when you hear this podcast. Look at your news that night. Let me know if more officers got killed or more civilians got killed. Like, that it's day. not even close. I, I wouldn't imagine so. I would so, go what maybe one to every like fifteen. If I think not that's bigger, I, I might be giving them like a little leeway, dog. Let me Google this shit. Dog. Yeah, and we we not trying to joke. We definitely not trying to diminish killing an officer, but I no, really want to know. I'm, I'm trying to figure out where this, that fear, that alleged fear, this irrational fear. Yeah, if we gonna base it on the numbers, yeah. this irrational fear because they will tell you that the likelihood of you being pulled out of your car and being killed by police is le- is relatively low. Yeah. And I want to be able to say, well, rationally speaking, the likelihood that I'm going to attack a police officer yeah. is relatively, relatively low. low. So, like, how about everybody cool as shit? How about you yeah. not act like the police is about to kill you and police officer don't act like I'm, I'm about, about to, to kill, kill you. you. How about yeah. everybody just go into this like a human being? Because statistics say that neither one of us are going to die in this more than likely. Does it happen? Absolutely. Does it happen at the rate that you need to be so fearful that you draw your weapon? I doubt it. I just fucking doubt it, dog. And it's it's real sad that we have to explain that sort of shit. But again, that's 
where we're left. We are not given many options in this situation, dog. Well, in 2021, okay, officers. 2021 this year. Oh shit. Uh, 16 have passed. Okay. Um, wait a minute though. This is total line of duty death. So one was mm. assault. Two was an automobile crash. Four was COVID-19. Oh, my God. One was a heart attack. One was a motorcycle crash. Two was struck by a vehicle. One was vehicle assault, vehicular assault, and one and two was gunfire. So okay. let's say the one by assault, the two by gunfire. So we had three. Yeah. And then the vehicular assault. Let's go five. Mm. So five this month. Five in January so far. Yeah. Do we have numbers on police shooting deaths? Like who they shot? I bet it's more than five. I wonder if I can get the 20. Here you go. 2020, FBI released the 2019 statistics on law enforcement officers killed in the line of duty. 45 were male, three were female, 40 were white, seven were black and African-American, and one was Asian. Mm. Um, there were 48 felonious deaths occurred in 19 states and in Puerto Rico, the number of officers killed as a result of criminal acts in 2019 was eight less than the 56 who were killed in 2018. Mm. So you mean out of the entire country and Puerto Rico, there was 48 less than one per state Yeah, in the entire year. Yeah. But I you think know it's what? An, I think it's I think it's an irrational fear, then, right? Let me let me let me further help qualify the fear is irrational. Um, a lot of them say, you know, oh, we're fearful because we hear about how many black people kill each other, right? We hear about these violent gang members and thugs and street dudes and all that. So when we pull one of y'all over, we just don't know. Like, are we interacting with one of the thugs and blah 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 blah? So if y'all are that scared. Because of what y'all hear. Imagine the fear that we have, the rational fear that we have living in these communities that y'all hear about and swear scare y'all so much. Like, wouldn't that make us like get guns and like Fem, that's the FBI crime statistics. Man. That's not like Mm-mm. the New York Times. Mm-mm. That's the FBI. It's the feds. So I think it's irrational for you to treat me like that. Yeah. As if I'm about to attack you and kill you. If the numbers don't back that up. And yeah. technically from 2018, I mean the 20, the 20, from 2019 to 2020, it went down. Yeah. Yeah. So irrational fear, like a motherfucker, but nigga, it's more than 48 people that have been killed on crime in the D facts. And, um, this year, rest in peace to all of them. Um, cause the streets been, whoo, Hey man, it's funny, uh, I was talking to one of the homies, and he was like, he's a barber. He said one of his clients got killed last week in the city. And then um, we were having that conversation. He's like, dog, man, I feel like after this COVID shit and, you know, the more people getting laid off, getting fired, they can't find jobs. He was like, I feel like shit just getting, like, thick. Like, now it's getting bad. And I literally asked him, I was like, I agree that it probably could get really bad based on that. But I was like, to be honest, do you feel like it's worse than any other year? Because I just feel like this shit is par for the course at this moment, dog. Like, I'm not, I don't know that, like, the killings and the murders and all that that we're seeing so far in Detroit alone are, like, based on COVID and folks getting tired of being in the crib and folks getting tired. Like, fam, this is just the city, dog. This is what it is. It's unfortunate 
that we're, you know, almost numb to it, but this is really what it is, dog. It's just, it's wild. It's really fucking wild, man. But again, conversations you need to have with your child. And um, Lincoln was having that conversation with KJ and his friend Jonah, who it dawned on me on my second watch. Like, Jonah got to hear this shit because Jonah still go to school in the bad neighborhood, too. Like, you pulled KJ out, but the homie got to know. So I could appreciate him keeping him on the Zoom or whatever. And then we flash forward to um, Lincoln taking Jordan through the school, right? So he walking him through the school and Jordan asking him like, yo, how'd you end up becoming a custodian? Nigga? Like what's going on? And he was like, yo, when I came back again, shit was kind of rough. I knew I needed to get KJ into a better school. Like, couldn't get him out the neighborhood, but I needed to get him in a better school. And he was like, I came over here and I asked him, what do I need to do to get my son in here? They said, you either need to live over here or work in the district. Nigga, nigga said houses start at a million. Knew I wasn't moving. Next best thing, become a custodian and get a job, take care of my kid, put him in a better school. That's a sacrifice, ladies and gentlemen. Like, that ain't to say I'm so underskilled and undervalued that all I can do is be a custodian. And salute to all the custodians, by the way. That's also somebody who's providing for his family. Mm -hmm. Because I may make a quote-unquote lower wage, but the value that I bring in, if I can bring in extra $12,000 a year that would cost me to put them in this school. Yep. That's a value inside of a household. Yeah. And dog, I know quote custodians and quote janitors who literally make more money than me. <laughs> I don't like, I, I didn't think about the position. Yeah. At yeah, all. yeah. But I, I, I took that into consideration because he sounded like he was still, you know what I'm saying? Like I did what I needed to do. I didn't give a fuck if this shit was paying a dollar an hour, it was going to get my son over here. So I just wanted that to be noted. Cause that was kind of the tone Jordan had. Like how you end up doing this? Man? Like you seem smart. You went to war. You done it. Fam. Cause this was the way to get my, yeah, I killed for a job for a living, but I wanted to get my kid in a better school. That was more important than the job I had. Then, um, they flash forward to, ghost house <laughs> we went to go see lincoln's homeboy um a marine friend played by omari hardwick who is wilding on the internet i got some stuff for that next episode when we get back to the bullshit because he's going crazy online um but salute to omari he's one of lincoln's marine friends and he's going through cancer so we at his house um they're preparing signs right they're getting signs ready because it's the day that they're going to um get the grand jury decision on whether they'll actually charge Officer Randall, who killed KJ. So they at his house. We learn a little bit more about Omari's character. Do you remember his name by chance in the movie? Who? Omari. Um, I don't know. I can't remember. Try not to reference him as that, but eh, unfortunate. Sorry, Omari. Sorry, Nate Parker. But um, we learned that he has cancer. And he. I kind of liked the way he approached it when he was talking to Jordan. He was like, yeah, today was my last day in chemo. And Jordan's like, oh, congrats. He was like, I ain't say I beat it. I said today was my last day. Nigga, I'm not going through that chemo. I'm not finna be sick. He was like, that shit had me feeling terrible, and I looked horrible. And even in the scene, he looked sick. So he like, no, I'm not doing that shit again, nigga. If I'm going to die, I'm going to die on my own. Yo, Ghost a good actor, though. A much better actor than we might have been left with yeah. from some of them last couple of seasons of Power, his his biggest vehicle. Um, I like the emotion that he evoked in this scene, too, man. And throughout the film, but sometimes without even saying nothing. Yeah. Or literally it was a couple parts where he said a word and it was like, 
I like Omari, man. We gotta we gotta give my dog more like credible shit like this so y'all can quit playing on his name like that. But um they're making signs to go down there and then we skip forward. Um we go to the uh the grand jury, we outside City Hall, they out in front of the courts, they got their signs, they picketing. Um Lincoln's uncle is up there leading the chant, nigga, what do we want? Justice, when do we want it now? You know the chant. And then we flash forward to the news. They didn't indict. He will not be charged. And they going back to work. Oh, man. The police dude comes up and says, Officer Randall will return to work immediately. Something to be said in that. Because we didn't do nothing wrong mm-hmm. from their point of view. Mm-hmm. Y'all overreacting again. Yep. Should have complied. The little kid made a furtive move, a gesture or some shit. Yep. And no, bring him back to work. Protect the blue. And it was even, we saw the juxtaposition, right? We saw all these blacks on the steps of the court with their signs, we want justice, we want justice. And then we saw back the blue. It was like eight of them, little eight white folks on the other side of the porch. Yo, this is the first time um, I got emotional in the movie. Because mm. it was about four or five times where yeah. like the emotions got up. Got the they got up there. Me. They got up there. And I'll tell you why. And I wasn't even paying attention. And it got me. <laughs> You know, uh, I forget what I was doing at the crib, but I wasn't even paying attention fully, and it got me. Because right after this, his mother saw a police officer coming out mm. and yeah. went up to him. And that exchange, yeah, it, it, yeah. it turned me from where I was at. And that emotion, because it transferred to me, and energy, it transferred to me and hit me immediately so much that I had to pause it and rewind it. But that hit me immediately. And salute to um, the actress who played KJ's mom. Her name is Milana Jackson. Because, dog, that one scene, she killed that. Like, that. granted, she, she did fine in all her other scenes. Like, she did her thing. But that scene, to your point, was really like, damn, dog. Because this ain't even the, this is a random officer walking out of the court. He don't know what he know, obviously, but he wasn't involved in nothing that happened to your son. But the fact she pleading to him, he had, he had, he had, he he gave her that point, that finger like, oh, you tired of me? Yeah. My my son did. And you tired of me? And she said, what you going to shoot me? You going to shoot me? And it was just like, dog, this is really like, this is where the move for me. This is where the movie started. Um, yeah. Oh, and a salute to us. Omari's character's name is Omar. In the movie So We wasn't far off What up Omari Um So then This is where the movie starts Cause after that happens Shit goes a little left Riots start breaking out We see news clips Yo They going crazy in the city And um The police chief came To KJ's mom's house Before this Um They at I don't know whose house they at but Link Oh they went back to Omar crib um, Is sitting on the couch And he was like man Essentially They killed my boy um, Nothing I can do about it Yeah He said And I I can't do shit about it I ain't shit I ain't shit He said they killed my son And let him go right back to work And I can't do nothing about it I ain't shit Now And so this is right after We start seeing all the clips About the this is where some people have different, differing opinions. Mm-hmm. A Trayvon Martin 
and his father and his situation. Mm-hmm. Um, Jay Z got a line about Zimmerman still walking around. Yeah, and y'all killed Zimmerman or y'all kill X. Let Zimmerman live. Yeah. Streets is done. Yo, as Zimmerman, um, it's it's it, it's Trayvon Martin's father duty to handle that shit. I respect mm-hmm. Link in a situation where I went the I went the official route. I tried to get justice through your way. Did it by the numbers. But I and he felt like, yo, I ain't shit. Like this is my son. This is my legacy. This is everything that was fucked up about me. All yeah. that is coming out in a good way through him. Y'all murdered my son for no fucking reason. Y'all stopped me in my mind for no fucking reason. And if I let that shit go and just let everybody sing their little fucking songs and, and now niggas be like, yo, y'all shit. Who the fuck is y'all? Yeah. No, that's your responsibility. So this whole entire fucking movie is the responsibility of that man's father if he's physically able to do so. And going back to what he said earlier when he was talking about returning from the war and having a hard time finding a job, finances was fucked up, couldn't find work, going through it with Tiana, KJ's mother. He said it takes a toll on a man's pride. So if you kill my son in front of me, this is my child. Nigga, I'm a professional killer, my nigga. Yeah. Like, I've done tours. But two. in addition to that, as a father, I'm his protector. And I couldn't protect him in this situation. I was with him. My son didn't get killed on his way home without me. And I prepared him for all this shit and da-da-da, and he wasn't with me. I was with him, and he got killed. That takes a toll on a man's pride. Me and my son are down the same day. Oh, yeah. I... So if I had to grab something that I felt was unrealistic, that they would have shot KJ and not shot Link. Because boy, I'd have did anything in my motherfucking power to get shot at that moment. Dog. I'm 100% trying to kill that man who shot my, my shot my son. Fam. That night. Back to Queen and Slim. You shot my date. We got to wrestle, nigga. Right now. We scrapping. Right, right now. now. In this moment. You shot the black lawyer who I'm on a date with. So when you shoot my son... Oh boy, we getting busy. And your partner gonna have to shoot me in the back because I'm on your ass. I'm on your ass, nigga. Nigga, I will leave the scene and come spray spray this whole like yo to to quote No, that's too bad. <laughs> Fucking weird. Weird. Nate Parker did it. Yo, I'm coming to the funeral to shoot that bitch up because I know that's where y'all bitch is. It's behind the meet up. Cop killers with like this on yeah. some bone thugs. Yeah. All y'all yeah. got to die, my nigga. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about yeah. nothing or none of you. I can't sit and watch anyone, cop or no cop, kill my child and not die from my reaction to that. Because I assume, my assumption is that what I'm finna try to do to you one of y'all is going to kill me, dog. We'd have both died that day. Yeah, and that's that's just what it is, man. But um, he said I ain't shit, dog. That really hurt me. That, like, upon rewatching this movie, that one part where he said, How would you feel? I ain't shit. How, how would you feel if the person who is your protector mm. allows something to happen to you fucked up and never reacts? Mm. You're left with no choice but to feel like you ain't shit. Let's just say Link didn't die. This wasn't the police. But mm-hmm. that's your father. Mm-hmm. Some niggas walking to you. Y'all going to the grocery store and some niggas come in there 
and jump on you and beat you up in front of your father and he'll never do nothing. Mm-hmm. And you walk past and y'all go both go back home. He gonna look at you like you ain't shit because you not shit. Fam, I just watched a movie, terrible movie, but it has white people in it, so it kind of makes my point relevant. Um, the other night called Peppermint. Jennifer Garner, she plays a wife whose husband and daughter get killed, right? Because her husband's name came up. I watched that. Yeah, her husband's name came up in some shit trying to rob a Mexican cartel nigga. He wasn't even down with it. Yeah, But his name came up. Um, So they killed the daughter and the husband uh, on a drive-by. They was walking, pop-pop, shot Jennifer Garner. She got hit, but she ain't died. The whole movie is about her, vigilante style, going back and killing the whole goddamn gang. You got to. Unrealistic as shit, but boy, that's what I'm going to do. If you don't kill me, the whole gang got to die. Is it unrealistic, though? Um, the, the reason I say that that is, movie right, was not what yeah because yeah. the reason I say that is if a nigga wanted to get on that type of shit uh huh for insert street gang here mm-hmm. you think them niggas is ready for what you bringing these are, th- these niggas are like regular guys who have yeah. guns but they yeah. they're not ready for that most type of they don't shit. know that they're not tactical um which they're not a why, tactical unit which is why when um blink. Got Omar and the rest and of the get guys the Marines, yeah. from the Marines. Like, yo, y'all will wipe the fucking police out quick as fuck. So I did want a little bit more with that. And we finna get there in a minute, too, so I'm going to expound. Um, but after he says he ain't shit, he ran to the bathroom. And then we hear, like, a noise. Like, you hear, like, a something fell. Or, and I'm thinking, oh, shit, my nigga done passed out, which I would understand. But then Omar goes down there, and it's two holes in the wall. And you see Lincoln just sitting on the edge of the tub crying. And then the nigga threw up what is it, with plaster on his fist. Yeah, threw like this was a real scene that I could understand the emotion of, dog. He's he. So what's going on in this script in this scene? Yeah, he's trying to come to grips with the fact that you failed your son mm-hmm. in his eyes. Yeah, in his eyes. Yeah, and I ain't shit. I let my son get murdered in front of me, and yep. I haven't done anything about it. He was so upset that he threw up. Yeah. Like, you sick to your stomach. And you're also coming to grips, because I don't think up until this moment, it really hit him. My son is not only dead. And no one's going to... Nobody's going to pay for it. Nobody. That statement from the police press dude, he will return to work immediately. Fam. I'm on your ass. Immediately. Fam. And they ain't waste too much time. I mean... The day that you get back to work, I'm speeding down the street hoping you pull me over because I'm going to shoot you in your face when you come to the door. They got a lot more elaborate in this situation. Um, but we about to get there because then the next scene, we go to Auntie House. Um, and this is KJ Moms. I called her Auntie because one of her nephews is in this scene preaching some real bars. And I got this scene recorded, so I'm about to play this because this is when the police chief, a black guy, by the way, comes over to the auntie's crib because he wants her to do a press conference and basically promote peace. Cause yo, these riots in the street, they going crazy. I need you to make a statement, please. You got to make a statement. Let these people know that they got to back down. So this is from that scene. Jefferson, I need your help. The, the city needs your help. Make a statement on camera. Tell the community that violence is not the way. And do you hear yourself? Talking all that no violence bullshit. Y'all niggas should have thought about that shit before y'all killed my cousin, man. Can you please turn that off? Can you please get the fuck out? Jaden. Look, I can only imagine how you're feeling right now. You have kids? 
Yes, ma'am. Mm. Two little girls. Are they breathing? Hmm? You couldn't possibly imagine how I feel. You have no idea how I feel. You're right. I know. Yes, ma'am. You're right. Mm -hmm. And I'm truly sorry for your loss. But we can't change the past. Fuck, man, fuck you. The fuck? Now you want to talk all this peace shit? So no one else get hurt. What the fuck was all that when y'all killed KJ, huh? Fuck, nigga. Look, young fuck? man, I'm going to need you to man, calm down. I don't give down. a fuck. Don't young man mean right none now. of that shit. I don't give a fuck. You work in public service, motherfucker. Calm oh, down. down. The fuck? Y'all see this, right? I'm right here in my auntie house, right? I ain't got no gun. None of that. Just chilling in my auntie house, all right? Trying to, have a, trying to have a normal conversation and they want to kill me like they did Kevin. Jay stop! Y'all want to kill me this right here in my auntie house? house? This is not... Dog, I love that scene. Love it. Love that scene. And it keeps going. I got like three minutes recorded, but... I'm angered by it too. Oh, it's anger, angry or it'll anger you because, dog, you over here pleading with me for peace? You want me to make a statement that the people out there rioting over my son unjustly dying, I got to go calm them down. Nigga, you calm them down. It's not a time for violence. Nigga, the first thing y'all do is grab your gun. Fam, y'all are the most violent people on planet on planet Earth. American police are more violent than anybody else. Nigga, y'all are the biggest gang in the country. Like, let's talk. I wonder who got more. Eh, who got more bodies? Yeah. Police yeah. can't even count them because they got a lot of them hidden. They corrupt as shit. Here's the thing. This is why being like counting them cops' bodies is hard because their corruption. Gang members don't hide their corruption. Nigga, we're naturally corrupt. That's what we do by nature. We go out here, we body shit. It's on record. Y'all know about it. These cops, nigga, they hiding shit. It's bodies all buried under them police precincts, bro. So when the police chief takes his black ass over there, fam, that's offensive, it is. That's offensive. And the dog. fact that you're gonna stand up talking about I got young man, you bet you got to sit sit down. Yo, nigga, what? So so the kid Jaden who played um KJ's cousin in this scene, I love that they had him in involved in this moment because with all of the police murders and the and the brutality cases and the George uh Floyds and, and Breonna Taylors with social media these days, we see a lot of the anger that comes from these young folks. Like we see it. it. It wasn't as prevalent before social media to really get like the widespread anger that young black teens feel in these moments. Like, yo, you kill one of us. We are pissed off. And going back to um a film we reviewed episode 19, by the way, um, the hate you give, even in the hate you give, when the young man got killed in that movie. Great film, by the way. One of my favorite reviews. Didn't realize it was that long ago. I thought he should have been in One Night in Miami. To play? Sam Cooke. Mm, I see that. Sam Cooke was 20, 29 when he passed. He was 33. Was he? Yeah. He was 30, I, or 32, pardon me. He was 32. I was looking at um one of the papers. Long story short, he was a young man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Facts. And oh boy... Anyway, we it looked a little older, but I will say, um, Al G or whatever. What's yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, dog who played him though, he 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 killed. He, he's a great actor. He he killed. He killed. Um, but in the hate you give, one thing that I I kind of the hate you give was very palatable. It was a very digestible film. Like, yes, it did a great job, a phenomenal job at approaching police brutality and police killing um, people unjustly. My man had a brush 
in the film and was killed for grabbing his brush. Again, the way they approached it, a little unrealistic. In that moment, I don't think he would be reaching in the car to get his brush, and he got his hands on top of the car outside. It. Listen, dog. Maybe he will, you, maybe he won't. When you in a situation, because, like, I was in a situation where a nigga had a firearm on me, and I went for some shit that what I did didn't make fucking sense. Okay. But, like, you're not think like you're not really cognizant of that moment yeah uh, and again it's a lot of like a nigga black a, interacting nigga, with a cop it's anxious a nigga is robbing me yeah. with a gun pointed at me yeah and i go i just and i'm moving and, and reaching my back pocket yeah now in my brain I'm like oh let me get this nigga it what makes I, sense yeah let me, oh let me, i got something there let me get get this nigga with the fuck he needs so i can get the so we can yeah. get the fuck on but like in retrospect like yo this nigga about to shoot you yeah don't reach you know what i'm saying don't reach. now you re- so like when that situation is going on, you're not thinking yeah. like normal. Yeah. But um, in the hate you give in general, my point in bringing that up, it was it was a very good, very well done, but still very PC version of like we didn't. Get, I don't think the hate you give evoked the anger of these young folks. Like, yeah, she has some scenes. The young lady who played the she has some moments in there after dude got killed. Like, oh, my God. nigga. Also, man. In real life, mm-hmm. forget the movies, they put the mom and the dad on the phone, I mean, on TV, and that's it. Yeah. These niggas be having brothers and sisters yeah. and cousins who don't be on that peaceful shit. Yeah. Because like Omar said is, the first thing they do, they put the mother on the TV. That shit is diabolical. So the scene after we see them in uh, KJ's mom crib, we're back at Omar crib, and they show Omar and... His squad and and the homies and Link sitting on the couch watching KJ's mom call for peace. It's diabolical, dog. How you gonna ask his mom? Like literally, Why'd she do it. I'm yo. I was shocked she did that. And I was because sh- dude got up and like nigga, we be back with the cameras. Yeah, nigga, keep them fucking cameras. Like, like fuck, am I doing y'all a favor for? And she never like sat there and agreed. All she said was, "Jaden, calm down, nigga." And Jaden, I like how Jaden, because it was another officer at the door, a white dude. With his hand on his gun. Hand on his gun, ready to draw. Jaden, like, oh, that's when, so for, for the clip we just played, that's when he turns around and he starts saying, yo, so y'all going to kill me and my auntie? How? He's talking to the other officer because he got his hand on his gun, ready to draw. I'm standing here with no weapon, filming. Am I, y'all over here asking us for shit. Y'all need favors. I didn't ask you for nothing. Why you here? Nigga, don't bring that motherfucking camera to me, dog. Dog, not doing period. It. So what was funny when they showed her? I was like, oh, she must have got on TV and like said some other shit. Like, all right, bring the cameras, and then like flipped. Because I was like, ain't no way in hell she really called for peace. And then she did, and I was like, god damn, really, really? Like, I'm not in that situation, dog. I'm not calming the fucking rioters. I'm not. Y'all go crazy. Y'all go fucking crazy. Because cause if somebody from there get up and tell me um, it's what Jason would have wanted, no, the fuck I don't. Nah, nah. Go hard. Go hard. I get killed like that unjustly. God forbid. Y'all go crazy in nigga, my name, nigga. Just or unjust. Still turn this motherfucker up. Yeah, low key. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. If I do a nigga dirty and he come back and smoke me, y'all go go crazy, nigga. <laughs> well, w- yeah, the cop come get me and I reach for that nigga shit and he hit me. Go crazy. I must have reached for his shit for a reason. Yeah, man. Y'all go crazy, man. No matter what happened to me and Jay in this life, I need y'all to go the fuck off. Just FYI. So anyway, um, 
after that, we see Lincoln in the car. He driving. He got Jordan and the film crew. It's two more people. It's the second cameraman um, and a, a young lady, a camera woman. So we see the three of them in the car, and they like, yo, Link, where are we going? Link like, oh, we going to City Hall. Um, Tiana, KJ's mom, she filing a petition to get the police chief removed. So they like, oh, okay, you know, them petitions work sometimes. Nigga, I ain't never seen a petition work. Man. How the fuck could a... How, tell me where in the law that says if a, if a thousand niggas sign a piece of paper, I got to leave my job. That shit ain't real. The only petition I ever saw work was to get... It was a TV show that went off and they did a petition to bring it back. I mean, and that's the only petition I've ever seen work. I don't see petitions work. Well, like a TV show is like, well, clearly enough of y'all niggas care about it. I might be able to make some fucking money. Yeah. But oh, how- the game. That's what it was. The game. Oh, yeah. BET was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. BET said, oh, nigga, they amount of viewers on CW might not be the numbers, but those is our shits. The who told y'all petitions was like a thing? No, they're not. When, when does it work for us? It hasn't. Except for a uh, girl, Melanie. It don't do shit else. I, I ain't never seen that shit work. I'm pretty sure if y'all got some examples of like, I mean, like some actual changeable shit, yeah. not like, yeah, not your some local trivial uh, shit. Yeah. your local school district yeah. or your, your local like, high fam, school was like, I don't, I've never seen a police chief uh, petition, get nobody fired. And here was the thing. I don't know if Lincoln was completely making that up or not. <laughs> but we see the petitions all the time. All the time. We man, All summer we've seen position, petitions to get regular officers fired. Fuck the police chief. Regular beat cops, we was like, yo, get them fired. It never works. Hey, yo, check this out. 10 million niggas can sign a petition that says, Jay, stop doing Shop Talk Podcast. Yeah. Guess what the next episode is going to be? Suck my. (laughs) Like, what? No, that's the title. Like, I I don't work. Like, I can do what the fuck I want. Ain't no petition going to ever stop me from doing something. A hundred million people can sign it. (laughs) Like,. I'm going to need all them to listen Because that next episode going to be fire It's going to be crazy nigga. And I'm going to be featured on it And that's going to be a, a tag team back again <laughs> nigga. Um, But he told them that And then ironically right after he says Yo we going down to the courthouse They pull up and stop in front of somebody's crib So they was like Link where we at He was like oh this is a friend's house I got to run in and grab something right quick it was like, I bet. He was like, yo, I ain't really feeling well. Jordan, you mind driving? Kayla, you can sit in the front. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So they like, all right, cool. Then a little bit of time goes by. It looked like they've been waiting for a minute. They didn't switch films. Battery died. Like, all kinds of shit. And it's like, yo, should we call him? Like, should we go knock? Where's the, where, where Link at? And then the movie kicks off. <laughs> Link come out the crib with the police chief, half-dressed. We clearly ain't at a friend's house. We at police chief house. Police chief got his shirt unbuttoned. He was getting dressed, ready to go to work. LinkedIn went up in there and kidnapped him, dog. It's hostage time. They come out the crib. They get in the backseat. Link tell them niggas, pull off. Drive, nigga. Drive, motherfucker. And it's time to go. It's time to get busy, dog. They meet up with Omar and some of the other Marine friends. They all getting weapons. They got tactical gear. They getting ready to turn this shit the fuck up. And Link looks at. The students, he throws some bulletproof vests in the window. He like, yo, y'all put these on. And whatever you do, don't stop filming. They even tried to call the cops. The, the kids did. Because these are students. They in college. He snatched old girl phone and threw that shit so quick. Nigga, nah, keep filming. Ain't no cops. Ain't no none of that. Ain't no 911. And then they go down to the, uh, to the station. 
not only where the police chief works, but the one that Officer Randall works at. And he's now returned to work. It's been a couple days. He came back immediately. Him and his partner, because it was two of them. He just the one that shot. But they both work in this station. They go down there and they take shit over. We see the security footage. It do look like one person got shot. Oh, in that initial like scene. When they was running through the alley. I mean, so I couldn't tell if he got shot or just tripped. Cause like that yeah. body, it, it didn't move. Dog fell really hard like, and then never got up. Yeah, I'm like, yo, okay. Cause if I trip in that situation, I'm like in a haste to get back up and keep running. Dog went down and was like flat. <laughs> and I was like, uh. But they came through and they was shooting shit up. I was, they didn't shoot anybody in that in that main little area they was in. But I think they was doing that just to let you know these guns real. Yeah. Like they shot shit up. Got into a little mini shootout. One of the cops started shooting back. They like, yo, put your guns down. Yo, this has happened before. Here, in my neighborhood, the 6th Precinct, a nigga went in that bitch and let off. Mm. I think, um, and he killed an officer, matter, matter, matter of fact. Now, he wasn't on some righteous cause. Something was up with my, my mans. Yeah. But this shit happened a few years ago, dog. Mm. Which is why now some of the police stations have bulletproof glass up because a nigga went in that bitch and, and started start going firing crazy. Yeah. on the people that was there. Damn. Mm. So uh yeah, they they got the police chief. They like, yo, y'all put your guns down or I'm putting one in your captain right now. He gonna get it. Like this was a I, I thought we was finna get like a little action scene, like a real yeah. for real action scene. We didn't though. And I was I was alright with that. Um so then Yo, the cop, the the back the that one cop, the Hispanic guy, never liked that nigga in anything he's ever I mean in. from Luke Cage. So right now, where, where where has he been in a show where he was like a good a guy? good dude? He wasn't even in um, uh, Jack's Teller. What's that mm. shit? Uh, 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 hold on. Let me go to dog right now. Motorcycle shit. His name is Theo Rossi. Um, Sons of Anarchy. I hated him on that shit too. Yeah, like it was his fault. Yeah. Like, he ain't never been a likable person. He's a good actor. Yeah, he is because he really gets you pissed off in everything he's in. He was in um. I can't stand that motherfucker, dog. He was even a shithead in uh. What was the name of that movie with um Morris Chestnut and Regina Hall? When the Bow Breaks. Mm-hmm. He was in that. Like he literally just played like a shitty dude in everything yeah. he in, man. And uh, he continued that even as a cop. Boy, <laughs> you know, like, I hate this nigga, boy. So um, after they get all the officers to calm down and shit, uh, Lincoln. Gets everybody together, they start. Well, no, first he took Randall into the interrogation room. And he took him in there and he asked him if he remembered me. Like, yo, you remember who I am? And Randall, like, look, I didn't mean to shoot your son. Nigga Lincoln say, you knew he was unarmed. You pointed your gun and pulled the trigger. Fuck you mean you ain't mean to shoot him? He was like, well, I ain't mean to kill him. Oh, he just wanted to maim him. Man, yeah, just a little maiming. In the back. Just a little maiming in the he back. shot him in the back. Yeah, because he was running off. By the way. And so up to this point, we hadn't gotten a full scene yet. We get into it in a little bit, but don't tell me you ain't mean to kill him when you shot him multiple times in his back going away from you. He was running toward his dad, trying to get to the other side of the car. Shit was crazy, dog. So then Lincoln pulled his gun out, put that bitch on the table just to let dog know. Shit can get real right here. And Jordan, still filming, he was like, Lincoln, please don't kill him, dog. Don't kill him. He was like, you do this, it's going to make it worse for everybody. Like, don't do this. I felt that. I felt the part. He was like, Jordan. No, I mean, Link. But the part was like, you know, it's going to make it worse for everybody. All of us. All of us. Yeah. That part I can understand. Yeah. Because if they come in here spraying, they're not going to differentiate you and your Marines from the students right here. 
I wouldn't even think about that part. I'm talking hey. about if police kill kid, city reacts, kills cop. Now the police are going to fuck all of us up. Also, every that time. long game. So when I, th- when I thought when he said for all of us, I thought mm-hmm. he meant all of us black people. Here. Yeah, yeah. In physically oh, it's in layered. Game. It's layered. Like you can fuck this up for black people. You can fuck this up for right now. They could throw a smoke joint up in here, right? They don't know that we're in here filming this under duress. <laughs> like, we're not in here voluntarily, bro. They have no clue. So you could fuck this up right now. You could fuck this up for our future, nigga. I mean, y'all came in this bitch and shot this, shot, shot this bitch the fuck up, though. Yeah, immediately. Shoot this nigga and, and, and wrap this shit the immediately. fuck up. But nah, um, the negotiator hit up Lincoln, and he asked him, uh, he asked him, what do you want? I love this scene from Nate Parker, dog, because Nate Parker was acting right now. He was like, yeah, I'm the leader. He was like, I'm the, I'm the one in control. Whoop, whoop, whoop. He asked him what he wanted. He said, I want my son back. I want my son. Then he just kept repeating it, getting louder, getting angrier every time. I want my son. Nigga, don't call me asking me what I want. I want my son. You can't give me what I want. Nigga, if you can't bring my son back to life, what the fuck is you calling me for? Because we here, nigga, and we didn't took over, and it's too late. So then Tiana FaceTimed him. This was so good for me, Bob. So I got a little clip from that, too, because he said something during that FaceTime that I really, really like. Why are we the... He, this, this, so let me set it up. So this scene starts at... I don't know if you got the whole thing up there. Oh, shit. Going to start it. Because um, I just got the little uh, 20 seconds where he's talking about why we have to be the ones that's peaceful. I don't have the whole FaceTime. Oh no! I I would have to unhook. Okay, well, okay. Before we get to that, yeah, yeah, what stood out about me and which I was so fucking happy was she she Facetime in. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "I know what you're about to say." First yep. thing she said was, "Are you are okay? you okay, nigga?" Boy, I, I was at I was like, because yeah. I was with him. I knew what she was finna say, Lincoln. What the hell are you doing? She said, "Are you okay? Woo! How are you? Is everybody fine, man? Like that's what you. Where are you?" Yeah, people on social media, they haven't said your name yet, but it's going to be like, find out how this man is. Because you know why he's out there. It's getting out there. You know why he's there, though. Mm-hmm. And you went through all this, and then you you got yeah. the FaceTime call. And um, this, uh, this part right here was, like, a lot of the critics, we're going to get to that critics part in a minute, but a lot of them was like, oh, the script, and it was, the characters couldn't go beyond the script. Fam, this shit was written beautifully. From this is how it goes. These are, these are, this these, is real life. This is, this is how the natural emotion would be. This conversation is real, man. Let's have it. Why are we the only people in this country that are expected to do things without violence? You know what white people do when they're crossed? They kill people. They don't march. They don't do protests. They don't ask for permission. They don't ask no questions. They react with force. I served, I know. I know how it goes for everybody except us. We the only people expected to take it on the G, can take it on the other G, and then walk it off. We the only people expected to take it on the cheek and then the other cheek and walk it off. Nigga. I served. I know. I know. People. I know what white people do. I know the violence that they incite on people when they're crossed. Uh, January sixth, when that mm. the them went out there to quote protest, right? Oh, that shit turned violent. Because white people gonna turn some shit violent. 
money and violence. Only thing that changed things, fam. fam. If you're looking for a speech or someone to get um, their morals in order for black people or 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 marginalized people to, to finally get their just due, it's not going to come because of some great change of heart. It's money and, and violence. or violence. Period. Simple. Yeah. Point to a time in history where we've seen something different. Fam, between Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, we're talking about two of the greatest orators, orators, I want to make sure I'm pronouncing that correctly, ever. That means that these are two of the most well-spoken, can get your point across, can rile up, can bring people together. They can literally do whatever you need people to do with their speech. And they're two of the greatest to ever do it. So if they were still killed, even though they were as effective and impactful as they were with their speech, I don't know why the mom would get up there, you know what I'm saying, calling for peace with this speech. Like, we don't need you to go and speak peace into these people, dog. What we need you to do is go up there and say what's real or don't say nothing at all. But like uh, Omar said, it's so diabolical. They figured that if a mom... A grieving mom will get up there and don't want anything to do. Then why should I? Yeah. And, I, and that does have a that if if one hundred percent is accurate and effective. Yeah. Or they wouldn't do it every single time. Yeah. And then um when you know when where because that's what we were on uh after she Facetimed them and you know she asked them you know just just come out just come home she kept saying that come home just come home and we can he said them. we can work this out we can figure it out. We can start over like dog. That's uh, but again, I'm almost looking at her FaceTiming him, even though she called and she immediately asked, are you okay? Where are you? That sort of thing. I'm looking at that. Like did they tap her on the shoulder and say, reach out to dog. It was too soon. It was too soon. Maybe. But in the middle of their combo. But I mean, at that point, yeah, you know, what the outcome of this is going to be, though? Yeah. So as the as the wife or as the whomever, or yeah, the, the partner, like you, call, you, everything that you say, I hopefully is real because yeah. you you know you're not probably not going to see that man again. So at this point in the film, did you already know what the end was going to be? Did you already have your thought? I was, I was like, he better kill this nigga mm. through this whole fucking movie. Like you better, and you better kill this motherfucker. Yeah. And the reason I'm like you better kill this motherfucker is one, you've done too much. Yeah. Not two. Yeah. And two, you pulled all these other people in here who yeah. giving up who risking their freedom. Nigga, don't bring us down here for no for no fuck shit. We come down here, we came down here for a fight. Yeah. And we plan to shoot our ways out or, or do whatever. We didn't come down here for you to do nothing else. You yeah. better you better get this shit cracking. Better do what you need to do because you may not ever had his chance to do it again. Um, so while he's on the FaceTime with Tiana, Tiana, they get cut. The connection gets cut. And then we hear the, the negotiator come over to the loudspeaker like, yo, Lincoln Jefferson, it's me again. The negotiator that called you earlier. He like, now we just need you to come out. We need you to end this shit before it get wild. He's like, you're not going to, we cut all the communication. You ain't going to hear from nobody except yeah. me. I'm the only one. Ain't nobody else going to be able to get to you. So stop FaceTiming your girl, all that. It's over for that. And it's like, yo, okay, I'm. It, this is me live directly in front of the TV. I'm like, oh, they about to get busy right here. It's finna go down. And it did, but in a different way, completely unexpected. Um, I will give Nate Parker props for 
originality because I'm thinking we about to have like a little, you know, maybe mini shootout scene with him and the cops outside. Maybe SWAT going to come in and that's when some of the Marine tactical experience that we got with this this group of people. I thought that might come into play, but you know what I can appreciate sitting here talking about it? I'm glad they didn't do that. I didn't want this to turn into an action film. Stay focused. Stick with the narrative. Stick with the plot and what we're trying to get across. I didn't want this to turn into a fucking diehard. You know what I'm saying? So I can appreciate that even though in the moment I was like, oh, it's finna happen. They about to start scrapping with the cop. Nah, it didn't. Um, What did happen was completely unexpected. Um, They went to trial. Trial by motherfucking real jurors. <laughs> this, the, 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 this trial shit, it seemed as if it does a spur of the moment we came up with this yeah, type shit. Yeah. It don't seem like you had an actual plan for this shit. Yeah. And um, being y'all that y'all the military folks, and y'all didn't, you was out there for, like, you know what to do. Yeah. Like, it don't seem like I had a plan, and I was expecting a plan. So even rewinding a little bit when he took off Sarandle into that interrogation room. I thought that was like my, yo, I'm about to give you a chance to admit what you did to my son was wrong. How you pulled us over was wrong. That whole situation was wrong. And maybe I don't kill you. Maybe. But when he didn't admit it, then I thought for sure we was going to get to the action. I thought because for all intents and purposes, link seems to be, um, a good upstanding person. Yeah. I think he has a problem or probably just like murdering somebody. Yeah. So I need you to tell me that you did it. Trigger so, me. So I can feel. Trigger me. Yeah. Piss me off. Shit. Unfortunately with the military, trigger my PTSD. Make me like you have to give me an order to do this. I don't normally do this. I don't normally kill and slaughter, but give me that order. Give me a reason. So, yeah. And I might. Um, but so, I'm thinking like, yo, before you pull some shit like this, yeah. fam, you got to have that resolved in you. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have this resolved in you. You have, you should again, completely because when you are, we're in the Marine Corps, it ain't just about you. It's about your team. Yeah. I've brought in others who are now risk it, risk their lives and their yeah. livelihood and their freedom yeah. for me. I better have a plan. And in in one of the many scenes where the officer says we're taught not to de-escalate we're taught when you draw your weapon you draw it for a reason like all that fam what they teach in the military because y'all came in weapons drawn i'm sure this wasn't to walk out peacefully my thoughts but he takes came in shooting literally machine guns like y'all could have hit whoever but what they do they go to trial. So he gathers a jury and he explains to the cops, yo, we about to give you all an opportunity for him to tell his side. All sides is going to get taken care of. Everybody going to be able to talk, but we about to put him in front of a jury. He going to stand trial. They like fam, you know, he not standing trial. They already decided. He was like, who decided? Did, did we have a say in that? Did KJ side have a side? No, they didn't. Y'all did. So we about to do it differently. So what he did, he rounded up the civilians that were in the building um, a few of them were employees. One girl was just down there to pay a ticket. Badass day to be caught down there. And it was like six of them. It was six of them. So, it was so like, he like, oh, mm-hmm. we short. We need six small. They go down. He say, which one of y'all handles processing? The computers and shit. So you need that to open the gate. They take him. They go down there. They let out six nonviolent prisoners. That and was critical. A, and it's a jail. Yeah. So, so they, it's not like. It's the county. Yeah. Like. Yeah. 
Shouldn't be that many motherfuckers down there. Hey, when they went down there and he was like, yo, when I call your name, whoop, 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 I did think initially before he had said these were nonviolent, I was like, how he decide who he just calling? Like, how do you decide when niggas call? Like, yeah, I ain't know what, but again, once he said nonviolent, I'm I like, oh, you can thought, look at the charges. I also thought that there was going to be some cheers for him. Yeah. I thought the yeah. inmates was going to be, hey, yeah, we see you on TV. Yeah. Do the, I was expecting that. I, I would have even liked it. Actually. Yeah. I would have liked to see what he said to them. Period. Like, yo, when I call your name, come forward. How do you explain what we getting ready to go do? Because I'm also explaining to you that we're going to. I need y'all. Don't try to run. Don't try to leave. Y'all have to sit here. Um, when we're done, we're gonna handcuff you and put you back in the cell. Like, nigga, that's kind of a wild conversation. I would like to see what he said to them. But he grabbed six nonviolent prisoners. Um, they went upstairs. The officers were not happy. <laughs> like, they pissed off. And Link, like, yo, y'all might want to be nice to them because these your other jurors. So, I mean, so the intent of this scene and the intent of this process is yeah. to be like, he was like, yo, these are hoodlums, these are criminals, these mm-hmm. are my peers. Well, listen, I'm a black male from yeah. the city of Detroit who grew up on the west side, Joe Road to be exact. Mm-hmm. Um, when I go down to court, if you don't bring some niggas from my neighborhood who understand the politics that goes on in my neighborhood, understand the the, the things that we deem right and wrong in this neighborhood, those are my peers. Yeah. And those people inside of that same condition that I'm living in will be able to judge me correctly. Yeah. If you bring me a white man from Livonia and sit him in here, that's not my peer. It's my no nigga. longer my peer. You bring me any one of the motherfuckers who live downtown Detroit now. Um, Here's a perfect example, right? In the hood, we got we used to play snatches, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I stay on Joy Road in Plainview, yep. third house off the corner, and well, third house off the alley, and then there's the corner. Got you. There's alleys. You know how that works. <laughs> and I we I used to be able to see niggas coming back from the Elwood Georgia Zone, Joy Road and Evergreen, come mm-hmm. through the alley, and my homeboy stayed across the street, and he had a long bush, right. Mm-hmm. So when you come across that corner, coming from the Coney Island with your cheese fries and everything mm-hmm. like that, you turn the corner and you can't see a nigga running behind that bush. Nigga jump out, snatches. Run your whole shit. Now, I done seen plenty of fights break out off of that shit. Mm-hmm. Now, when the police come out here and they see these two niggas fighting and they go to jail, they go to the, the court or some shit, me, I understand what's going on in the neighborhood. These niggas need to go home. They're really friends. Yeah. But a nigga pissed that you got them yeah. or... You snatchies and they fell on the ground and then the fight ensued. Fam, I'm not about to send these niggas to prison. I'm not about to violate somebody, but because I'm a peer and I understand the dynamics of the neighborhood and then, then the games that's going on in the neighborhood, yeah. it's a little bit different. Now, how would a nigga who's 46 years old, um, father of three white kids with a picket fence, going to judge a 22-year-old um, nigga from the city of Detroit who got into it at a at a dice game because he was trying to get some money to like who, who you don't understand. Where, where is he his peer? Where is he that black man's peer from that neighborhood? No, not, He's not. it's it's never going to happen. And you can never sit them in front of, of them or sit 12 of them in front of him and say, yo, these are your peers. Or when you sit uh, 12 people up there and it's seven white women from suburban, like these are not my peers, dog. And so, what Link tells the officer when he says, "Yo, these ain't my peers. They criminals. They hood." You know, it's like if 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 uh, um, for what if, if child support went to trials, mm. 
and mm, a woman should. a woman is suing for child support and you bring in 12 men on a jury <laughs> what what a motherfucking she, concept she can be like wait a minute no yeah, they don't understand they don't understand and you know what though that would be validated if she said that right the same way when they start getting into the details of what happened and all that and the other officers are there and that one um latina officer speaks up and says yo i kind of get the plight of black people like as a as a female officer and a latina blah 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 and then the one cop goes yeah but i understand you as a woman and i understand like people who might you know feel a way about the holocaust like jews and shit but them black people i just don't get why they do that like my nigga and link asked him a very valid question he said dog why is it so hard for you to sympathize with black people dude said because y'all bring it on yourselves wow and it's that simple and it's that simple so they go through this trial. Um, I, I hesitate to call it a mock trial because at this point you still expect some real consequences, right? So this ain't mock. Ain't nothing mock about it. But they go through this trial, um, and Lincoln has dude that played the officer explain himself several times. So when he initially talks to him, asked him for his view of what happened, his ac- account of what happened, he said, um, yo, y'all was speeding through this neighborhood, saw y'all speed through the intersection, pulled you over. Really? And Link asked him, like, yo, what's what's the speed over there? Dog was like, I don't know. Well, what speed did I was I going at? I don't know. I can just tell because just looking at it, I can tell that you he was know, like, yeah, I could tell you was going faster we, than what was posted. We were able to use our discretion. He, he said, Well, like, what was posted? He asked him like we were able to use our discretion. He's like, is that law though? Oh, and then old girl, the the black lady on the jury, she raised her hand and said, So y'all really can pull people over and not know how fast they were going? For speeding? Shouldn't you know my speed if I'm speeding? Which is why you don't talk to the police. Mm -hmm. Which is why they ask you specifically, do you know know how how fast fast you were were going? going? Because, say let's say the speed limit 55, right? Mm -hmm. You're doing 80. Yep. They say, you know how fast you was going? You're going to say like 60, 65, because you're trying to give a low number. Mm -hmm. But they didn't say that shit in their gun. So you just told on yourself. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Just told you I'm going over. What's fucked up? You going to tell them you going over. Now they're going to write you a ticket for the number you told them. All right, cool. We ain't going to get you on what we got on our gun. We'll get you you for the 6065. You going over either way. You admitted it. Yeah. Nigga, I've literally asked and probably shouldn't have did that because I was in Alabama, but dog pulled me over, had the wrong car, and they admitted that um, before I got let go. But he was like, so they had a speed trap set up, right? It's a bridge. Bridge up top, so officers sitting there clocking, clocking everybody come through. About two miles up, they waiting on whoever that officer on the bridge tells them came through flying. It's like four of them, two miles up. Two miles is a long enough time for you to think, even if you saw that cop up there, that you got away. Then two miles later, somebody pull up behind you. Now you worry because you don't know what the fuck just happened. Hey, peep this and shit, right? Uh... A couple Christmas ago, I'm leaving Tasha and Marcus' crib, right? Mm-hmm. This nigga Clay left right before I left. Okay. So I see Clay, I meet, I see Clay yeah. on Southfield Freeway, and I'm trying to catch up. Yeah, yeah. Zoom past Clay. 
I also zoom past the fucking police. Of course. <laughs> okay. Of course. So I, you know, I try to, you know, uh, just try to slow down and yeah, do all my yeah. shit. I pull, I come up on six mile, they get off with me and shit. And, uh, lady cop come to the door and she like, uh, you know how fast she was going or you want to pull me over? I'm like, no, sir. I mean, no ma'am. Like, you know, you know, how, um, how fast she was going. I was like, no, I'm not sure. Yeah. It's like, well, you passed me at least going, I forget whatever she said. And I kind of chuckled. And then um, she was like, what? I was like, well, she said that you had to be going at over 75, okay. over 70, because we was going 70. I was like, well, why would you? <laughs> I was like, why would you go in 70 miles an hour? Yeah. Because the speed limit is 55. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. are, are you going to get your, and she laughed too. Yeah. And um, she like, what's your? And she took my information and shit. She came back with like, it's your lucky day. Have a nice day, blah blah blah. Yeah. But I'm like, one, I'm not gonna admit to whatever you say. Mm-mm. And two, if I pass you and you were speeding, was you about to arrest somebody or yeah. you wasn't no hot pursuit? You were yeah. speeding too. You can't yeah. give me no. T- I think she let me go because. I don't know why the fuck I asked how fast she was going, but yeah. I'm like, well, why was she going that fast? God yeah, damn. and that's what, so when Dog um, in Alabama asked me, same question, you know how fast she was going, I was like, what'd you clock me at? Because I want to know what you clocked me at. And Dog literally was like, do you know how fast you were going? And I was like, what'd what you, did you clock, clock me, me at? at? <laughs> and Dog, so look, he go back to the car, whoa, 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 and I heard them on the thing, because he got to ask the nigga on that bridge, who came through and what's that speed? Because I just pulled this thing over. And Dog on the Bridge told him it was a whole different car. He was like, that's not what I said, nigga. I said a white whoop, whoop, whoop. And I was driving a black whoop, whoop, whoop. And he came back and was like, we're going to go ahead and let you go. You know, take, here's your information. And he gave my shit back. And I'm like, thank you, nigga. I knew not to speed because my uncle just got pulled over there probably two weeks prior. So I knew where I was at, dog. Like, don't. But, again, being in Alabama, I probably should have just been like, uh... Yeah, yeah, I know how fast I was going, but y'all want to go ahead and give me that ticket? You can. But dog literally had the wrong car, and then probably missed the nigga who was actually speeding. So anyway, they doing this trial, man, and we just we starting to see the officer crack a little bit. All of them are actually. Um, the one bad cop that we was talking about who plays the bad guy and everything he in. Let him talk enough; they'll hang himself. He he was going through it because he couldn't stand he, he even got into it with the hispanic uh dude that was in jail i really wish they put subtitles why did they not subtitle that moment bro i even turned the subtitles on and on it my still television. just said spanish, spanish man talking yep, yep. no man speaking it, man spanish. speaking spanish yep it i wanted them to subtitle that moment because i felt like he was giving them bars even though Spanish just like be sounded like bars. I felt the energy of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And Dog's responses, the cop, he was responding like, fuck you mean, homie. You don't know me, homie. Like, he turned up. And I'm, I'm like, not your homie. I wish I knew Spanish. And guess what? Yo, one of our listeners, if y'all could translate that scene, I'll give you $20. And guess what? Boom. I enjoyed this movie because, despite what some of these critics says, yeah. it did provide a quote-unquote fair and balanced presentation of both views. Yeah. Like, they had a chance to actually have a dialogue. They had dialogue. How normal people would have a dialogue if they were not in fearful of saying what they really felt. Yeah. And at that particular point, everybody said what they felt. They even got, at, at some point, they was like, fuck it, I ain't scared of dying no more. I'm angry. Let me tell you what I think about you niggas. Yeah. And old Bob was like, listen, you the reason that I, my people can't get over. All they see is your fucking gang tattoos and this and, yeah. and that. 
Yo, stereotypes matter. Stereotypes do matter. Because guess what? I stereotype cops. Just like you stereotype me. But just because I stereotype you doesn't mean that I'm immediately going to fucking run up on you and treat you as a threat. I'm going to stereotype you in my mind. That's not dangerous. The way I treat you and approach you is, yo, that's what matters. Because if I still approach you like you a normal, I ain't approaching you with my stereotype on my hand. Nigga, I'll talk to you regular. And what's interesting, because like before they got to his speed, yeah, yeah, yeah. they talked about, he was like, yo, in the in the trial, you said you asked me for my license and registration and mm-hmm. I provided you uh, my insurance that was expired. Expired, yeah. And you made it appear that I didn't have um, insurance. Yeah. He was like, I just asked the question. Like, but what did you find out when you, oh, you did have insurance. Yeah. So why'd you stop me? Uh, because of speed. And then yeah. he got the speed. Yeah. He was like, he asked both of them, do y'all know how, how fast I was going? Nobody knew because his was, partner was there. He was like, man, it was over a year ago. But yeah. I know what it was because I was there too. Yeah. And I know what I know what the reason I know exactly what speed I was going, because y'all got speed bumps twenty on each f- side, twenty feet apart on each side of that intersection. So he said, I wasn't speeding, was I? I can't I was slowing down enough for you to see two black men in this neighborhood late at night who shouldn't be there. And then white boy was like, he got angry again. Yeah. Well fuck. Yes, I know. Yeah. You know only two people in this neighborhood at this night. Oh, is I got it. Because dogs start acting. Dog got into a bag. He did. Let's see what he was talking about. per hour, right? I don't know. You don't know? Well, you were there, right? Same car, same time. What was the speed? What, what, 45, 50? 45, 50 seems right. Yeah, you sure? Not exactly. No, I don't remember. Well, well I do remember. I do remember because I was there too. I've played it over a thousand times in my mind. Trying to think about all the reasons why this thing went wrong. We were crossing Virginia at Lombardi, residential area, 25 miles per hour, posted. Which right? is why 45 would have seemed very Not bad. when their speed bumps 20 feet apart on each side of the intersection. We were not speeding up, were we, Officer Randall? We were slowing down. Just long enough for you to see two black men driving through that prestigious neighborhood. Race has nothing to do with it. Are you standing by your story that we were speeding? It's an officer. Officer Randall, are you standing by your story that we were speeding? What do you expect? But you were driving in that neighborhood and that crappy car was just vicious. But the other after 20 minutes, who was driving around in that neighborhood after midnight? People are coming home, yes. But most of the people driving around in that situation are bad people looking to do bad things. So you profiled us. You are damn right I did. Like you, 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 you get pissed off, your car gets broken into, right? You get pissed off, your house gets burglarized, but how, how are we supposed to find those bad people if we're not pulling people over? The only way to find these bad people is by pulling them over. We pull them over, we see burglary tools, stolen mail, worse than nine times out of ten. See, in that situation, something's up. Do you, you, you want us, you want to be, you want to be safe? You want to be kept safe? We keep you safe. That's the cost. And there it is. And there oh. it is. Man, Man, a lot of shit in that moment, buddy. Racial profiling. I don't know if I if I said it on this podcast, 
or if I said it on, I know I said it on Shop Talk, but when we were talking about the Breonna Taylor situation, yeah, um, all that sh- <laughs> indirectly, all that shit came from racial profiling. Mm-hmm. Um, and the police officer said that exact same thing. We mm-hmm. pull people over, and we go through their shit to help hoping to find. And it was based off of the situation they did like that that yeah. brought in a special process, a special person in the police force who created the task force who found out who went after Breonna Taylor's ex-boyfriend, ex-boyfriend which yep. ended up leading her to all the yeah. other shit. But it all started from profiling yeah. because they was like, well, listen, if if we going to keep the city safe, let's just search all the black people, essentially. Because yeah. yeah. you're not doing that to white people. Yeah. And even though black people and white people commit crimes at the same rate, but you're only searching one. Yeah. What's the um shit they did up in New York, Rudy Giuliani? Stop and frisk. Yeah. Stop and frisk, man. Um, It's profiling. And it's giving officers the legal, unabashed right to profile. And it's saying, yo, just and go it, find something on them. And it's creating a false narrative. Yep. Because, like, over, like, 97% of the times they pulled anybody over, they didn't have anything. Yeah. And here's the thing. Guess what? If we stop and frisk you enough, no matter if we find and shit, but as more and more people are stopped and frisked and more and more people see you being stopped and frisked, now we're creating that narrative that, yo, it must be something wrong with these people. These blacks and Hispanic people must be bad. And when you're on the force and you keep doing harassing, you, you keep frisking certain people and having friction back and forth. Yeah. You get into it with a black person every day. Because then it comes now. violent. It becomes, you start to naturally generate the violence by inciting the violence in these people. Fam, I wasn't doing shit. You just came over here because I, quote, look suspicious. You patted me down. You didn't find shit. You do it enough, I'm going to call you out for harassment. Once I start yelling at you and we get to going back and forth, now you can try to get me on uh, assault on an officer. That nigga said, y'all look suspicious because you're black in this neighborhood and that in that crappy car. fucking car. He said, why Why are you over here after midnight? Nine times out of ten, that's something. Damn. And that's one of the fucked up things because... Maybe nine times out of ten, it really is something. Yeah. But you left room for that one time out of ten. And this is that one time. And the minute, even the minute that you got, yo... So how do you think... How, how, how do you... So what do you do in that, in that, in that situation if you're the police, right? Yeah. So I'll tell you how we can profile. Mm-hmm. So if a nigga put up in my neighborhood in a Lamborghini, okay, in the middle of the hood, and pull that bitch up in front of a trap house, you automatically form an opinion. Doughboy, what, easy. Like, why? Why, easy. why else would a why else would this Lamborghini be here yeah. or this seven forty five or this yeah. the Escalade? Um, we from the D. Yeah, we know how that go. Like why? Why would it be there? This car yep. costs four times as much as this house. It, it the the cost is ridiculous. Yeah, like when you when this car is over here. You to you know a certain extent, happening. you know what time it is. Yeah. So on the reverse of that, if this is a two million dollar, so the neighborhood by the school, the houses start at a million. Yeah. And so he was coming from a friend's house. He had yeah. just picked him up. So this is one of your school friends. Yeah. So they got money over here. So you in a really really nice. Yeah. It's not. It's not lost on me why you would pull this car over, but what's lost? Well. I tell you what's lost up. What's lost is run the plates. Easy. Easy get behind them, run the plates. If you run the plates, you see they insured. Hey man. Hey. They ain't broke a law yet. There's no there is no pre-crime. Mm-hmm. That's not a thing. Yeah. 
Not Tom Tom Cruise ain't walking through that door. Facts. Pre crime is not a thing Facts. until you until I actually break a rule or break a, a you can't just like when they charge you with resisting before you resist it. Fam, you ain't even arrested. You want? I'm not under arrest. How can I resist arrest? You ask me a question I didn't answer. You give me for resisting. That's not a thing. Yeah, I can resist your questions. That's not illegal. But getting me for resisting arrest because I ain't answer your shit to the that's not a thing. That's a pre crime. The sp- suspicion in your mind that yo, some my spidey sense is off. This don't yeah. belong here. Yeah, I'm perfectly fine with that. Yeah. You know the neighborhood. Like for example, you know all the if you live in an apartment complex, you probably got a general idea of the cars that's in your apartment yeah. complex all the time. Yep. You know what your neighbor car is. Your this or that. You know when something's wrong, right? Fam. I give you an example. One of my first apartments in Atlanta, actually my very, it was my second apartment. First apartment, it was cool. It was nice. It was big. I got it for the space. Second apartment, I said, dog, I make a lot of money. I, I got, I want my shit to be cold. Yeah. Literally what decided on the apartment that I ultimately moved into was the parking lot. It was Beamers and Escalades and fucking tricked out. It was a Bentley. It was a nigga that literally had a white Bentley. I said, I don't know why you live in this apartment, but the fact that it's a Bentley in my shit, owned by one of these niggas or leased by one of these niggas, this the apartment I want to live in. This the type of shit I want to be around. Then found out most of them niggas was either dope boys or the dope boy girlfriends. That's where they set them up. But it was just like... Damn, nigga, I just really wanted my shit to look a certain way. So when you a cop and you in this neighborhood that's posh and lavish and, um, as he said right there, prestigious neighborhood, and something doesn't look the way that everything in this neighborhood looks, I get your light bulb going off. But you can't. But you can't act again. What we just said, I get the stereotype. We all do it. But how I treat you is going to really make or break the interaction that we have. You dog. do your investigation. You drive by. You make yourself known. Yeah. Like, you know, when you go into a store, the reason that Best Buy looks at you and says something, yeah. because now you think someone's looking at you. Fam, I literally you. was loss prevention at Best Buy in college. And every time you, fam, they don't even, they wear different color shirts. They get the yellow shirt. We don't got the blue. I want you to know I'm a whole different nigga. When you see me, I had a yellow shirt. I had a gray shirt, and I had a blue shirt I never wore. Why? Because they always say, wear the yellow and the gray. Because when they see you, they supposed to know you different. If they go in the bathroom to steal a CD and they see you coming, that bitch, they supposed to know they need to stop what they doing. Literally, that's the point. Be fucking prevent. Prevent. Don't incite. And that's what these niggas did. You you can't engage. You can't. Come on, dog. I'll tell you why. It's disingenuous for you to f- scream, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared, and you are the one who caused the contact anyway. Fam. If you think everybody's going to fucking kill you yeah. and everybody is rolling around with a gun, why'd you stop Shouldn't be car? a cop. Shouldn't be a cop. Why'd you stop the car? Yeah. Yo, if I'm scared, Jay, let me ask you. Is you a nigga from the hood, similar to me? Um, we come from different hoods, both from the west side. Um... You ever seen some shit in your neighborhood that you was kind of scared of? Like a like a house or something. Like you got that yeah. one house where it's like. For sure. All right. Now I know us. We're adventurous kids. Um, You're going to play around near the house. You might, you know, knock on the door and run or some shit like that. But if you knew something was in that house that could hurt you and you already scared of this house and something's in there that could potentially hurt you, are you going to go in the house and be like, yo, Anybody here, you know they in there. And you know they got, you think they got guns. You already made up in your mind that them niggas is in the house ready to kill you. You going to go in there and say, yo, I'm scared of you, pow, pow. 
So that ain't how this works. How do we resolve the quote unquote one of these things don't belong feeling? Mm. So look, so over the weekend, uh, a friend of mine uh, went out of town, and um, it was trash day. Put their trash out. I went to go put it up. Right? Yeah. I don't live in this neighborhood. Well, it's rather close, but I don't live in this neighborhood. White neighbors, strange man walks into a backyard. Like I was, I was, I was, I was really apprehensive. Yeah. About going to a house in that um, yeah. in broad daylight and going into a backyard, like because I understand that yo, one of these things don't belong. Yep. The next door neighbor, like, who the fuck is this nigga? I'm, I'm the thing that don't belong. I've never seen this guy before. Mm-hmm. In that same town, by the way. Yeah. In that yeah. sundown town, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Livonia, what's up? <laughs> um, and you that's you over there now. You that way now. <laughs> but it's like yeah. I had a level of anxiety. Yeah. Well, there is a, and generally speaking, there's a level of anxiety if you walk into an area that you're not normally in because Facts. you already know people People look and repro- not even profile because that's one of the good things like we, we miss about neighborhoods. Yeah. When someone goes to Miss Johnson house down the street, like, you know, no Miss Johnson at work. Why are they on their front porch? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. a good thing. They out of town. How do we resolve that, though? <sighs> See, that's one of them things. When you ask the question, it's like the answer, no matter what, isn't going to be what you're looking for. Because is there a way to resolve it? Possibly. I don't imagine. Observe. Yeah. Just observe. Man. But it's like to actually like stop people from doing that and like make us think like that second thought before we immediately go into fam. It's ingrained. Like this. It's ingrained. We talked about Zimmerman earlier. Facts. There was some quote unquote alleged break-ins, right? Yep. You think you see a kid who don't belong over there. And in all honesty, he don't live there. Mm-mm. Normally, yeah. So this is dad crib. To a certain extent, he don't necessarily belong. Super duper air quotes, because yeah. y'all know how I get down with that shit. Yeah. So what he should have done was call the police, like he did. Boom. And observe. Yeah. Because when the, don't interact. And but here's the thing: the lady told him that. The operator told him that. She said, "Quote: Do not engage." End quote. Police she should take said their, it. They should take their own their own shit. Like, yeah, I'm behind your car, and I have I, I'm not I, I shouldn't be able to pull you over because I thought you were speeding. Yeah. Where your gun at? Where your yeah? And here's the thing: when they pull you up, they radio that in. That goes to someone. So that same operator, when you say, "Yo, I'm behind a Honda Civic, white license plate," whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, stand by till we tell you if this car is insured, till we tell you if the insurer has warrants, till we get the stand by. Don't do shit till we tell you. Because right now, you never told me that car was speeding. Should having no insurance be a stoppable offense? No. No. Here's the thing. If you pull me over with no insurance, because here's what they do. You don't have insurance, then they're going to say, all right, by the time you go to court, by your court appearance, you have to show proof of insurance. But here's the trick. Yes, you still have to show proof of insurance by the time you go to court. But unless you show that you had insurance when you got pulled over, you still going to have to pay. They get people. It's the language. Um, so don't think, oh, let me get a quick three-day insurance. A secondary offense just as not having a seat. But here's the thing. We can get into a whole other conversation. Um, I think insurance is bullshit. Like my man Chris Rock said. 
yo, you're you're making me pay you in case shit happens. Like I gotta pay you. Here's the thing: I don't get my money back at the end of the year. How Y'all about, might get a discount. How about if I do get into an accident, then now let me pay I for pay some a particular amount of yeah. money every year. I mean, every month until I pay it off. Oh man, you making too much sense. Yo, and let me then, look at the damage. Mm, and I then, can assess this. If that ever happens to me, right? Yeah. And I get into an accident and I don't pay that shit back. Then that's when my insurance gets revoked. Yeah. Not because I didn't pay and ain't nothing never happened. Yeah. Because here's the thing. That whole, you got progressive, right? I got progressive. We get money for not making claims. We get money or discounts. I'm a, I'm, now I'm a diamond member. Yeah. I got, I got um, two large ac- accident forgiveness. I've been with them 12 years. Yeah. Two large accident forgiveness and a small accident forgiveness. Yeah. I can crash some shit up now. Yeah, and, and go crazy. <laughs> but you had to pay 12, that's thousands upon thousands of dollars for nothing happening. Nothing. Like, bruh. But then here's where insurance is bullshit. I bought a new, I, I bought a new car. Since Literally. Then. Fam, my car, my old car, um, got broken into last year. Last year, April-ish. Yeah. Um, got broken into downtown. I pay the deductible. I pay for all the additional repairs that came out when they was trying to fix it and realize something was up with this and that ain't covered in this. And now we got to, I pay all of that. I do all of that for my car getting broken into. <laughs> Nigga, I didn't ask for my car to get broken into. All this shit is for the bank. It's just all for the bank. None it's of this is for, for me. Bank. None of this is for me. Because if, unless, and I don't think, I don't know if I'm ever going to pay a note on a car again. Yeah. I think I'm a cash out to because full coverage is a fucking is a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. But then this is the fucked up part though. When you don't have insurance or not when you don't have insurance, full when something happens is a joke. The very second that the car is the blue book value in the car. Yeah, when you underwater. Yeah. Yeah. The very second we're like, hey, uh uh, bought this car in two thousand six. Yeah. Now it's two thousand twelve. Now it don't make sense because if, if this car total value is no, uh-uh. If but then, what you pay a month times twelve equals half of the value of the car, no. Yeah, but then that's where you get fucked up because if if something happens and I say I don't want to go through my insurance, I can pay this out of pocket. My deductible is higher than what the repairs cost or whatever, which so many people do because it makes sense, right? Why would I pay a deductible? Because you get the high deductible because it's a lower monthly. Makes all the sense in the world. I don't want to pay that much. A lot of people do it. But then when you got this case where, yo, fucking windshield crack and it's only $300, but my deductible's five or my deductible's a thousand, nigga, I'm going to pay out of pocket. But then you get those types of things that don't wind up on Kelly Blue Book. They don't wind up on your Carfax because now I ain't go through my insurer. So when I don't go through my insurer to report this, now it's not in my Carfax. And when it ain't in my Carfax, now the next nigga that bought his car don't know, hey, that nigga had a fender come off and got a repair by Doggy in the Hood who don't report to Carfax. And it's just like, it's all fucked up, man. But again, making insurance something that's required by law, my nigga, why? Like, because if nothing happens to me, I want all my money back. Insurance should be taxable, nigga. 
Let me get some of that back every fucking April, dog. Like, quit playing with me, man. I hate fucking insurance. I hate insurance, and I hate you could be pulled over for not wearing your seatbelt. Bitch, why? Well, I, this now me. that's a secondary offense. Now they can't pull you over specifically for that. Yeah, yeah, for, for that. But I hated the fucking 20 I, years they could. I want, the, I want the insurance thing to be added yeah. that way. Yeah, because, like, dog, that pisses me off. Fam, it's me in the car. If something happens to me and I didn't wear my seatbelt, that's my fault. I'm claiming that. I'm not putting nobody else through that. Yeah, and that shit's annoying. But anyway, they get into it. They go back and forth, and he explains, yo, I profiled you, dog. Have we ever seen any cop admit they profiled, <laughs> like, directly, dog? And he said that shit, and, and Omar says, there it is, yeah, and there it is. Um, And the fact that he got, like, a terminal cancer, yeah, and he been coughing and shit. I really was ready for them to go like to war. Yeah, because I thought he was ready to die. I mean, that's why I signed up for it, fam. I literally said at the top of this, that's my last chemo treatment. Because if I'm a die, I'm a die. I ain't gonna die uncomfortably, nigga. So I really thought they was finna get to some shit. Because where I didn't, you know, where I thought they might get into some action earlier and they didn't, and I was like, oh, well, I don't need to turn into a fucking Bond film. I was kind of at this point ready for like, okay, something wild's gonna happen. I thought this was a good movie in the fact that it was able to. He had regular people, all different walks of life in here. Mm-hmm. Even the 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 felons. Well, I'm sorry. Even the the people um, who were in jail who were accused of crime. Yeah, who they brought up to the jury. Yep. Um, they were making all the sense in the world. Yeah, logical. Um, the Muslim brother was killing. Yeah, killing the other dude. Um, He's a cool actor too, man. It's hard for me to take him serious because of like we had a conversation off offline, but I first saw him in T on TNT, the closer. Um, when, when the closer used to be called something different. So that was um that was dog right here, Mo McCray yeah. is his name. Yeah. He was like he played like a gangbanger. Yeah, so yeah, he yeah. was like a flunky though, and then he after everybody got killed, he was the man. So and he was not like really gangster until, but now because I saw him that way, it'd be hard for me to to unsee him in the in the cartoony looking way. But he's a cool actor. He been in a he been a lot of he been a, a bunch of yeah decent movies. Yeah. Bro. Um. And his wife, uh, her name is Lex McRae. She's actually in a film coming out that looks. It's called Son of the South. Comes out February fifth. Um, it's her, it's Cedric the Entertainer. It's a lot of like people, but it's a real movie. Yeah. Um, this this is not was a, a cool act comedy. Though. Yeah. Um, and she was also the girl. His wife uh was the girl that starred in the first Purge, like that the one with the all black cast. Yeah. That was about the very first one. His wife was that girl, and he was in there. So yeah, I didn't realize. Yeah. So um, but no, he's a good actor, and I could appreciate him in this role. Uh, because yeah, like you said, he was the like, homie, do you know? Where I'm from? See, asked him, can y'all be unbiased? He said, nigga, it's going to be hard. Do you know where I'm from? But then guess what he said? I'll try. Man. And that's the thing. That's all I can ask for. Here's the thing, though, with jurors. Fam, that's all all of them doing. They trying. I just watched the episode of Law & Order like a week ago on SVU. And Dog literally did it. Like, it's on video of him committing the murder. Everything that they needed was right there. And his attorney was like, nigga... I'm not trying to fucking, because they was trying to get him to plea. Oh, we plea him down three years, he'd be in and out. He was like, no, nigga, I don't want to plea. I'm trying to make the jury see he not guilty. Fuck that y'all got video, nigga. I can convince them to think he not guilty. Now what? 
And it was like, yo, that's really how, because fam, it ain't about what you did. It's about what they believe. You got to convince them 12 up there, which is wild when you think about it. Like, fam, I got to convince 12 stranger. Jury nullification, man. Shit is crazy. So they get into it, man. The jury goes to um deliberate. Oh, oh, before they go to deliberate, uh, Unk got shot. So one of the prisoners got up. I knew that something was up with him. They kept they showed his face like too many times. So he was heavily period. tatted, big dude, heavily tatted, but he had got his ass whooped. He got a big black eye. Big ass black eye. Shit was swollen up, red still. And um they kept showing him throughout this. And I'm like, okay, they said these were the nonviolent offenders, but he looked violent. Or like he bout some violence, nigga, and he runs up and he punches the officer that arrested him and he whooping his ass and he like, dog, that's for beating me. I didn't get beat up on no street shit. You whoop my ass for whatever. This was a moment where control was lost. A it, control definitely lo- got lost. He snapped a little bit. Um, The, the imprisoned turned into the prisoner uh, and vice versa. And so after they break the, the prisoner up. a good up, actor too. Yeah, been in everything. Yeah, a few of them uh, background actors was like, "Oh, I know you." Yeah. Um. So when they break up the prisoner and the officer, while the officer is getting helped up by Link's uncle, the older man, great actor, we've seen him in shit, black famous as hell. He's helping him up, and then the, the officer grabs Link's uncle's gun, and they get into a little tussle. And during the tussle, he shot him in the shoulder. And I was like, damn, this is where Unk dies and, like, Link gonna snap or something. But it didn't happen. Uh, Link and Omar patched Unk up, said the bullet went straight through, didn't look like it hit an artery. They covered him up, got him together, and they got back out there. Now we go into jury deliberations. Then they that, That's when they bring up um, um, Jordan. Because mm, he was like, yes. something happened and one of the jurors was out. and Oh, because they took him back. So you now you only got eleven. Your little your little yeah. experiment is, is is fucked up. People getting hurt. Link, mm-hmm. walk your ass out there. Yeah, let's end this. I didn't like how the captain wasn't vocal at all, fam. At any time, he didn't stand up for his people. He or didn't stand for up for the for the for the for the, for the, 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 the Latina woman was the only one that yeah. stood up. She and that was the thing. Like when the Latina woman made her statement, I was like. Yo, she got through to them. She might even quit the fort because you start to see how how these people really feel about you and your people. Cap ain't say a word. Cap sat right back there chilling, quiet. My man, you still black, bro. And you older. You went through some of the shit that we talking about directly. And if you ain't go through it, you seen it. You know that boy shouldn't be dead. You know it well. And if y'all police officers... If you acted, if you did your actual job, yeah, it'll be it'll be a totally different energy. Yep, yep. Like if you actually arrested cops who do fucked up shit, you seen that? I don't know if you. Somebody said it was fake or it was a video where it was arresting a kid in Philly, and mm-hmm. a white cop while he was cuffed hit him, mm. and then another black cop grabbed him by the grabbed him by the collar like he's about to rough him up, and then was like put him in cuffs, mm. and then the police officer. Arrested another police officer. Oh, I never seen. And that. I'm like, yo, yeah, what a concept, though. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying. Like you saw the you if 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 you got a man in custody, hands behind his back, mm-hmm. cuffed, and your fellow police officer come over there and hit him. Yeah, that's assault. Yeah, and you need to arrest. Yeah, your colleague. 
because or if assault. You, if you if you're not playing it fair across the board, yeah. then you're. What are we? But doing that's the here? thing, man. Um, you know what? What's to say? What happens when the rabbit gets the gun? The only reason that's a problem is because the rabbit is always the one being hunted. Y'all are never even when you're wrong on the fucking. Y'all are always on the hunt. So always kill the rabbit. Kill the literally, rabbit. dog. Like it's not that fun when the rabbit gets the gun. It's really fucking not because y'all are always the hunted and never. Or I'm sorry, the hunter and never the hunted. And at and a certain point, they do. When you they, get arrogant when they about to get hunted. Uh, can you can you please tell your people to relax? Yeah, we just need yeah. peace. Can we can we we need you to speak on the violence? No, nigga, you speak on the violence. You speak on the lack of officer training. You speak on the shit, not the lack. Stop training them the way you're training them. I will go out there and tell the city to, to be nonviolent as soon as you specifically get up there and say you do not agree with the with them not filing charges. Yep. If you don't say that shit, get the fuck out my place. We'll see how much you love this city. We yeah. see how much you love your love your job and your position and, and the blue wall and all that. Nine, yeah. oh, fuck that. Tell the truth, nigga. Shame the devil. Yeah, man. And um, they go, they get to their jury deliberations. They sit down there for who knows how long. We don't really get like a good. I'm guessing it's all the same day, but we don't really get like a, a good time. But they sit down there for a couple hours and they come back. What did you think they was gonna do? You thought they was gonna find them guilty? I was unsure. Yeah, I was too. I, I, I didn't really Because a few of them Initially when they went To them initial votes It was split It was split Oh shit One of the good One of the good lines In this one When they first burned The prison, the, the the people that were um, Accused of crimes up Yeah Is They asked him like You know All we can ask And are you gonna be able to be um, Be fair Partial yeah. shit He was like Are you gonna be able to Yeah When this verdict come back Are you gonna be able yeah. to do what you supposed to do, yeah. my nigga? That's the question. Because if you not going to kill him when we find him guilty, what's the why pur- are we here? What's the purpose of this shit? Why are we here? Um, so they go through their deliberations. They they split initially, but then they get to talking. Um, again, the arrested jurors or members of the jury, they made more valid points than the citizens that were sitting out there or the... Um, God damn it. The white people. The white people. Well, and the one black lady that was just kind of sitting there trying to be impartial and, you know, whatever, whatever. But they made some valid points. And then so they come out and they say they got their fucking verdict. Guilty. Found them guilty. Because they had to decide, yo, we're not sentencing him. Yeah. We don't know what. We don't know what he planning. But, yo, we know what we signed up for. Yeah. You know that man guilty. And technically shot that boy. Be perfectly honest, I would call that shit felony murder. Because if you commit a crime and someone dies while you committing a crime yeah. and profiling, lying on your police report, nigga, that's against the law. Yeah, you left the speed out of the report. Like, come on, bro. You How ki- you pulled me over for speed and then you left the speed out of the report? You killed my son. You got in your car. And, and you went, went home. home. Yeah. Protocol. What's the protocol? Protocol. And then the, the when they was down there talking about it, they like, yo, he went home. They like, fam, that's what they do. They go home so they can prepare that statement. Fam, yeah. if I get into a car accident, I can't lead a scene of the crime. You get to go the fuck home. Another line they said that I thought was really fucking dope, um, cause it because of what it reveals, right? About the way they think. He says, We have a black captain, meaning it's impossible for us to be racist. And then one of the um one of the gentlemen that's on the jury who was arrested, he said. That's like saying it's impossible to be sexist because you married to a woman. 
That was my nigga a bar. I've never heard nobody pose it that way. Wow, that is the best analogy I can possibly think of. Dog, me and Shorty literally went. Because mm. <laughs> what else could I say? I'll say oh, a point was proven. Also, he like that's like you saying. So you mean to tell me a black person could be racist against another black person? Yes, 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 very nigga. much so. Very we, much so. We, we believe that too. We are every day. And here's the thing: half the shit we believe was because it was ingrained by y'all. Like, come on, dog. We wasn't taught nothing first by us. We were taught by y'all. We had to go learn our other shit. So, whatever, man. Um, so they deliberate. They find him guilty, and now it's time to see what the punishment is, right? So I'm like, all right, we here. He about to smoke, dog. In my head, I'm thinking like, you better kill this nigga. I'm thinking SWAT going bust in before, like while he in the middle of whatever he finna do. So he got to, then it's going to turn into like, all right, I got to make a decision. I'm going to kill this nigga now or I'm going to run. One of the things got to happen right now in this moment. I thought it was going to happen. And he pulled dog down on his knees, asked him if he had any last word. He made him call his wife, talk to his kid. I was like, oh, it's going down. Dog got on his knees. He pulled the strap. Dude was talking about he just wanted to make it home to his kid and he was scared. Of That's one thing I really appreciate Nate Parker's script Every single time One of them officers said They wanted to make it home To their kids Or they had kids at home Anytime they brought it up Him, his wife They always said But KJ can't KJ not breathe. When his wife said You got you got kids He said yeah I got two daughters Are they breathing? Woo I've seen her and stuff too By the way Yeah 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 She um She killed Everybody did really well in this role. Link pulls the strap on dog. He got him on his knees. He got the gun to his head. Everybody's screaming now. Now the tension's building up, right? All the officers like, no, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. Link, think this over. Think this over. Jordan and them over there because, they, fam, we're still college students. Like, I didn't come. I didn't wake up today expecting to see anybody get murdered, dog. Like, What's going on? But I voted for the nigga to get murdered. Oh, so hey, 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 hey. <laughs> yeah, and also a fact. Um, and they all, everybody's crying. Think about that, though. Yeah. Like, when you when you think about that in real life, all 12 of them went in that room knowing what the outcome could be. Yeah, and they voted. But here's the thing. I said this um, a very, very, very long time ago. This might have been ninth or 10th grade. Uh, we were having a conversation in one of my classes about the death penalty. I have studied the death penalty a million fucking years. Um, It's useless. It shouldn't be a thing. It's inhumane. Even the way they kill people is inhumane. They they try to humanize it by saying, all right, we'll inject you with poison. Um, And one of them will numb you. One of them will kill you. And the other one will make sure you don't fucking jerk. And then that's been proven not to work across the board either. Uh, Somebody got um, killed that way last week. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Um, First woman in however many years. Now, granted, Um, I don't care much about the lady because she killed somebody and ripped the woman's baby, baby out of her out. stomach. Yep. Yeah, it's a whole different yeah. type of inhumane. Some niggas got to do. But um, my thing was the whole the the start of the death penalty was to act as a deterrent to crime, to violent crime. Um, <laughs> Look, it's never been proven right. Once. How you gonna threaten to kill niggas? Yeah, the police already kill us. Yo, if you kill somebody, we'll kill you. Fam, <laughs> y'all will do that if I go to jail to trial or not. Like I might kill a nigga in the neighborhood because I thought he was gonna kill me. Yeah. So what you're telling me is I shouldn't do that or you're going to kill me. Yeah. Or he going to kill. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm threatened with death all day, yeah. every day. It, and again, it don't mean the same. Even for that to be something that's left to the state level, um, hey, some states do it, some don't. You know it's just it, like, that's what tells you this is wrong. You know what will make the death penalty um, impactful? Mm. 
if a nigga gave you the death penalty and they killed you like the next month. Mm. Like, cause yeah. niggas will be on death row for yeah. 20 years. Yeah. Fam, don't threaten me with some, I'm gonna whoop your ass 20 years from now. Yeah. What? No, motherfucker. <laughs> nigga, Tukey Williams sat on death row long enough to be nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. He was damn near 30 years before he got killed. And you're not about to threaten me with some shit you're going to do a decade from now. But what I mentioned um, in high school when we were having this discussion was what I'm about to mention here. I said, yo, might be helpful if the jurors that sentence a nigga to death or that vote a nigga guilty to where he can be sentenced to a capital punishment. If they're there for that punishment, bring all 12 of them in that room and show them how inhumane this process is because they might second guess. Hey man, was that evidence really fucking strong enough? Was that this? Was that this? Is this the crime? Because if we convict him of this crime, if we say that man's jury of this, what's crazy is what those jurors did mm-hmm. and voted for him, knowing that he was going to possibly die. Yeah, that's what all these juries do. Yep, that's what the the, the beyond a shadow of a yeah. reasonable doubt. Yep. But that's supposed to be like, yo, I would rather. Let a guilty man go free. Yeah. Then convict the innocent man. Like if there is a, yeah. a sh- I don't understand. I don't think y'all understand what a shadow. Yeah. Not a full doubt. Yeah. Nigga, a shadow of a doubt. Literally. They use that word Literally. and that ver- words mean. It's very things. particular. Words mean very something. fucking specific. If there is a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Not a full doubt. Like, yo, if I were to see the nigga, if a nigga said, I think yeah. I saw another nigga do it, but I'm not sure. And that's, that's why, a shadow of a doubt. That's why most cases, multiple charges are brought up. Because guess what? That one that can get them killed, we got other charges brought here. Which is why 97% of the cases go to, they don't go to trial. They yeah. go to a plea deal. Yeah. It, it, again, all reasons. There are mad ways for y'all not to vote on something that could potentially put this nigga in front of a needle. But people do it. So I feel like, yo, for them last few 12 people that'll vote, that'll potentially get a nigga capitally punished, they need to sit in that room and watch them die. Because the same horrors that were on the face of these 12, when Link looked like he might shoot dog in the head, everybody needs to feel that before they decide on what could potentially send a man to his fate. That's a fact. So Link pulled the trigger. Click. Dog, I ain't gonna lie. My first thought was, oh, no, nah, dog. Because <laughs> now you're trying to teach a lesson. Ah. I was, I was, I was. Ah. I, I, I'll be honest. Really wanted him to kill him. Fair. I know that's, or shoot him. Yeah. Like, maybe you don't kill him. Maybe you shoot him in both his, I don't know. I just, this is what I was thinking, right? Yeah. Like, y'all have done all this. My man about to die from cancer. Mm-hmm. These niggas is going to prison yeah. and you ain't do nothing. Fam. Right. What Omar, like, fam, I got to go to jail now. And all we did was, te- again, yo, I'm all about teaching lessons, right? And then I didn't necessarily understand at the end where everybody just. How they walked out smooth? Yeah. So I like, thought it was because I'm like, all right, well, if everybody put their weapons down and there were civilians in there. The prisoners went back in the in the cell, um, or the accused went back in the cell. So if we all walk out, we look like civilians too. If nobody has a weapon, yeah, but the police is out there too. Yeah, but they. So I'm wondering, like, like the police that yeah, was, the police that was in there. So they, I'm wondering, like, when we got outside, did they say arrest those men? Because y'all had guns on us. Because I don't know what. Here's the thing, dog. Shoot somebody. 
I just wanted somebody shot. Nate Parker, we love you. We commend you. I we thought he was going to shoot himself. Somebody. But I definitely knew what happened at the end was going to happen. Like, you wasn't walking out of here smooth. Um, I, that was my other thing, too. Like, bro, after a day-long standoff, there's no walk with cops. Like, your, your hostages are police. And then it kind of it got me. I'm like, he going to walk out with me. As your brother and I knew they were setting us up I knew they were setting us up Cause I felt too good I ain't felt good this whole movie Now I feel good at the end Nah nigga Nah Nah And that's exactly what happened Um They They get to They put all the Uh Accused men back in the cell All the civilians And Omar and the marines They all put their guns away And everybody walked out Hands up The cops walked out Hands up And then Link and Officer Randall Get together Omar wanted action Cause he was like Well nigga well, This shit go in One way Like hey. <laughs> Omar wanted to die On my own time. I don't want to I don't want this thing To defeat me I yeah. wanna go out Important yeah. Uncle's like Look I'm not going nowhere I, I basically Uncle said I lived a full life baby Also I've been under the thumb Of this impression so long And I've always wanted To fight back yeah. And now I and finally And now you giving fight. me That purpose dog Let's go out guns blazing, bro. What if black people had enough like these like these white folks had enough down last at week the or two weeks ago? Y'all fear that much. Y'all fear that so much yeah. that you murdered the man whose birthday is today. Yeah. Or has celebrated today. Yeah, yeah. Birthday was uh, Friday. Um, Like, because you was worried about a black messiah who yeah. can galvanize the people to do a, a march on the Capitol yeah. or, or insurrection and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Because niggas is tired. And that's the reason that you don't want niggas but, to have guns either because, like, you can be angry and upset, but if you don't have any kind of means to do anything, yeah. then we we don't care. But I think that's that's sort of where we, because like when the shit at the Capitol happened a couple of weeks ago, everybody said, yo, you know, if black people did that, they'd get killed. Black people do that, it'd be bodies all over the floor. Probably true. But the, the expression was, you know, we don't have that level of freedom that these white folks had to go down there and do that. Well, this is the divide. This is where that freedom um, that we don't have comes in, come into play. We can go and do, like you just said, yo, what if black people got pissed off enough that we went and did what happened at the Capitol? We can do it, but the difference is the freedom they have ain't what the law lets them do. They're not afraid. We're afraid of punishment. This is a fact. And they have, whether you right, wrong, indifferent, or believe it or not, they have a love for their country. Yeah, that's fact. They literally we don't share that. They literally love the country and they love the constitution. They love yeah. everything about it because they created it. Because so it's like I well, can't the believe constitution, you, not the country. You you they created it. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. But like they feel that you're trampling over my rights because mm-hmm. they they have a connection to those rights. Yeah, we don't have that same. See, we don't have that connection. We don't have a connection to this country because we were brought here. We wouldn't. We didn't start here. We were brought here. We don't have that connection to this country because the laws that were created, we were slaves during all of that. Literally, the people creating the laws for humans in this country had slaves when they went home. They went home to slave. Like, bro, 
we were so not a part of what went into the creation of these laws and of this country that we don't connect to it. So we don't share that genuine love that Jay's talking about. And again, that patriotism. Oh man. That deflying the flag everywhere. Yeah. I love that. This don't country. hit me. Fam, I'm from Alabama, bro. I literally grew up in Confederate flag kingdom. Like this is where they make them at. This is where the shit goes down at. I grew up there. The re- yeah, I know the shit. I, I know why it's offensive. But the reason I'm not, like, boiling mad offended by the shit is because I'm like, dog, ass. the fucking American flag don't make me feel that much fucking better about myself. <laughs> like, the American flag looks like the damn Confederate flag to me. So, no, I don't share that same patriotism and that level of love for country that niggas do um, or that white people do. Pardon me. Um, But, again, I also think that fear of being punished, we hesitate when we get together. Yeah, it's been occasions where black folks got together and said, fuck it. The L.A. riots was one of our moments where we said, fuck it. Um, Detroit riots was a moment where folks said, fuck it. Unfortunately, that did us a lot more harm than good, but... Um, we've had moments in history where we that said, shit "Fuck." Started by some game banging niggas, dog. Yeah, like in real life. Yeah. The, the, uh, before I stopped watching that devil, uh, one of the niggas on um, Vlad, he's a um, um, one of the founding members of the Crips. Mm-hmm. Um, like even like friends with mm-hmm. Tookie before, t- like you know, yeah. what I'm saying founding Raymond Washington and them. Yeah, yeah. and was his people. And um, he was like, "Nigga, I know who started the riots. Yeah. It was us. Yeah. And we've like." The Reginald Denny, you like no, I know who yanked him out of his truck, hey. like, and that w- really what spurred and, and kicked everything off. It all it takes is one person to go. Man. But I said, I said, you ever been, you ever been, um, sorry, headache, um, been at a light, it's about to turn yellow, and the nigga next to you going, so and then so you, you keep speed going. up, yeah, nigga, they, they take, go through. All it takes is one. My I'm nigga. gonna go through. All it takes when everybody when it's time to go. First nigga say, all right, I'm about to get out of here. Right, I'm going. Yep. All, it, all it takes is one. When person. you at the event, you waiting on that first one to be like, shit, all right, man, I'm about to go ahead and get up. That's your cue. All it takes is one nigga go get food first before everybody go get food. Cause yep. all it takes is one. And and that's how we move. That's how we operate. The fucked up part is with with black folks again. While we would never run through the Capitol the way they ran through it, because we gonna instant before somebody go through there, somebody else gonna be like. Bro, you know if they did that, if we do this, they going to shoot us. They going to kill us. We going to jail for life. We going to get all kinds of terrorism and crimes and all. And next thing you know, once we start thinking about the charges or the potential death, we going to retreat. And when we start retreating the same way all it takes you know is one why? nigga to go, and you know one why? nigga retreat, we stop. Because we don't have no home base for protection. Exactly. If we kick off something, we don't got nowhere. We don't the, have a we don't have a place for protection. And the fear is instilled in us. And we outnumbered. This is intentional. Half the time, we not outnumbered. Sad but true. In that case, we might be. But sad but true, half the time, we not outnumbered. But that blue and that badge. For sure. Oh, we definitely outstretched. Shit, in this scene, in this movie, they were out strategy. I didn't like how he didn't have a bigger plan. Because I'd have ran up in that bitch and killed the nigga and then and got the fuck on. Here's my thing. If the whole plan was just for him to learn his lesson, maybe put a little fear in Because he said, yo. That feeling that you had when I put that gun in your head and you thought you was finna die, I want you to carry that. Now, for context as well, he did say because since he knew my man was doing the documentary and he told him to film everything, yeah. he wanted to get all that converse after oh, the fact. I yeah, think, yeah, all the get, dialogue. Get all that shit on tape and people was going to be able to see it so you yeah. can understand 
No, like that's that was powerful conversations. There were definitely powerful convos, and they needed to be heard by more than just the people in that room. Um, But again, if all your plan was was to teach him a lesson, yo, kidnap him, fuck going to the uh, police captain house, go to his crib, take him out the crib, take him in the basement, and and just be on his neck till he confess. Matter of fact, get him and his partner, Officer Chauvin. Go to the y'all talking all that shit. Y'all burning down police stations. Yeah. Y'all burning down targets. Y'all yep. doing all this shit. That nigga live right there, my nigga. Fam, y'all was in front of his house stopping Uber Eats. That nigga live right there. They my was nigga. bringing DoorDash. All that tough shit y'all talking about on the internet. That nigga live right there. They said, "Ooh, ooh, he can't leave to go get groceries because we protesting in front of his house. So we ordering DoorDash. We ain't letting them through either." Then the nigga. Right. Then we we got him in a grocery store. Him walking around that bitch like normal. Come on, bro. That, ain't you my Come man? Come on, bro. Yeah, that's me. Whoop that ass if y'all gonna whoop that ass. Other than that, why you there? And that was my whole, I guess, my 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 one shining issue. Because up until he doesn't kill him, I don't have a problem with this film. But once he did get killed, the news did what the news was gonna do. Oh, he was having mental health issues. Oh, yeah. Oh, he yeah. was crazy. Oh, so let's, because oh, we, we ain't mentioned that. Back to sports. <laughs> he got, I'm finna get out. I'm about to go in on that part in one minute. So they walk out, him and Officer Randall walk out. Officer Randall says, I'll go first. And he gets in front of them. They both throw their arms up. Officer Randall walks out announcing, my name's Officer such and such Randall. Behind me is... Sniper's been on top of the rooftop for a They've been time. waiting on you to walk out, Link. They don't even hear what Randall's saying up there. All they doing is waiting on that view for you to step into that target. And Link took that step forward. Bow. Headshot. Clean. Done. Laid there in a pool of his own blood. So does somebody get arrested for that murder? Nope. Because if that's the case, you walking out with the police, nigga, walk out in handcuffs. Yeah. Unarmed. Or just go downstairs and sit in the cell. <laughs> Might have been safer, sadly. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm in the cell, my nigga. Yeah. You the police officer. Sarge? Yo, send them in. I'm in here. I don't even process my paperwork. I'm already sitting down. Yeah. Like. Check me. Make sure I don't got no weapons. Well. But I'm in here. I'm in the cell. Like, why go outside to how you to you walk me back in? You know what's going to happen. But, like... You was either going to die or go to jail. But you already in the jail. Like, them niggas went downstairs and got... And got Y'all put... So, that part was unrealistic. I'm not going back in that cell. Y'all let me out and I'm uncuffed. I'm putting on some regular clothes and I'm walking out this bitch. And I'm about to have dog process me out. Because we down here. Yeah. <laughs> And, yo, keep the gun on him 10 minutes longer so I can process out. Um, so then, yeah, they go to the news reports. They start saying all kinds of shit. Oh, uh, fucking crazy dad. He was in the war. He clearly has PTSD. And now back to you, uh, Mark, for sports. Yeah, James Harden. He's a he's a killer on the court, huh? Dog. Oh, man, did you hear the name of the dude? That, that uh, Montravius Jackson, it was like. Montravius uh, Double M. Like, uh, it it was so, but that's how we get done, right? And to the point that um that we made last week when we were talking about the capital shit, yo, they did all of that. And that is no longer a story in a week. All it takes in this day and age is a week. If you can let a week go by, I guarantee whatever is going on, whatever's headline news, it won't be important no more. It won't register. People's attention spans don't care. They don't give a fuck. It just ain't there, man. Um, what I want to do before we wrap up, bro, I want us to kind of discuss some of these uh, 
critic responses that we've seen about this film because some of these were very like you could tell they was mad they was mad at this movie because again going back to my point earlier it hurt them a movie like the hate you give yo it was palatable the the approach to this they made it conversational it was abc family version let me read this one that 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 pissed me the fuck off yeah go off um from david ehrlich ho ass nigga Works for IndieWire. Gave it a D. Let me find this damn website again. Okay. Yeah, that's who I'm reading this from. David Ehrlich. The debate over Nate Parker's value as a person may be conclusively, well, may never be conclusively decided, but the debate over Nate Parker's value as a filmmaker has been settled once and for all. He doesn't have any. Mm. An unsolicited, Coda to a career that was most of us assume was already over. American skin is an asinine and self-serving call to action that tries to hide its basic incompetence behind a veil of furious. I'm sorry. Righteous fury. Um, he said he doesn't have, doesn't any. have, you didn't find value in this film. Any value. Like, I thought this film was wonderfully acted. Said it was a self-serving call to action that tries to hide its basic incompetence behind a veil of righteous fury. Justin Chang from the Los Angeles Times said, American skin is a jagged symphony of false notes, each one struck with a sledgehammer. Tim Grierson of Screen International said that the movie was infuriatingly manipulative and insufferably preachy. American skin examines the cultural issues tearing apart our nation and reduces them to cheap theatrics. Zan Brooks from the guardian said so clotted, so strident and so thickly cloaked in self pity that it's impassioned story risks becoming worryingly self-serving. Self-serving was used in three out of the four things we just read. Um, another word that was used consistently in reviews that I read was the word strident. Um, I want to tell all of those reviewers, kiss my ass, kiss Nate Parker's ass, kiss Jay ass. Fuck y'all. Because every one of them was not a black person. So not a single one of y'all know what the fuck this movie was really saying. And y'all clearly didn't learn shit. Even though it was written specifically for you. Yeah. To learn because if this movie was written for me, that motherfucker be dead. Woo! Movie would have been seventeen minutes. Man, um, I read another another review. It said, "Presented by Spike Lee, the film doesn't sugarcoat its message about systemic injustice or the anger and desperation that fuels." Parker's stated goal in production notes was to challenge systems of oppression by promoting a much needed dialogue between law enforcement and community members of color. That's what he reached his goal. That's 100% what happened. And that's the best way that you can have that dialogue because these are movie. These are actors, but that dialogue is what they really want to say, but you can't have a conversation like that because a police officer won't tell you that in person with a camera out. And that article further says, this is a CNN review of the movie, by the way, it says trying to spur such conversations can be a messy way to make a movie. And it's not easy unwinding the film's ambition from its merits. 
but American skin is worth seeing for the issues Parker seeks to address, even if it only partially works in leaving its mark. I like that review and the way they wrapped it up because, fam, I'm not telling you this is a perfect film. But the point that this film was trying to make, I can tell you, I was highly entertained from the beginning to the end, and I did facts. not, and I did not know how it was going to end. And if my point was to challenge systems of oppression by promoting a much needed dialogue between law enforcement and community members of color, bitch, that's what I did. And I saw excellent acting in in the, in the meantime, fam. But then I saw um another statement, uh, the L.A. Times dude that reviewed that. This is Justin Chang. He wrote notably. Parker includes Latinos in the conversation via an officer who's completely bought into the corrosive back the blue blue lives matter mentality. Still, as much as Parker may believe he's being insightfully provocative in his film's treatment of one of the country's fundamental social afflictions, the product never or the product feels reductive. If those who oppress us could vividly feel how we feel, even if only for a moment, then we could all get along seems to be the reason for this film's core. It's difficult seeing American skin of value as anything but a tool to reach people incapable of comprehending subtleties and who need didactic directness to spell out racism for them. Rather than speaking to the moment coherently, the movie communicates its message in loud fits of dull screaming. You thought this movie was loud fits of dull screaming. You thought it was incoherent. Justin Chang, this movie ain't for you. Fam, the the analogy of you can't be sexist because you're married to a woman. How That's is, the movie. Fam. That's the film right there. Done. I'd say less. That's it. Cause if y'all don't get it from that one statement, then y'all don't want to get it. From police saying they gotta I mean, we literally just had a conversation about is profiling quote unquote bad. Yeah. And, or is it what you do after the profile? Like we literally had a real conversation about it. Yeah. Because of the movie, because we can't act like profiling don't exist or yeah. that stereotypes aren't based in something. But what do you do after that information? But you know what that is? Us not acting like profile do- profiling doesn't exist. That's us admitting to fault. Nigga, like that's accountability. I can listen to things that I don't agree with. So I have a better understanding. Yeah. I listen to liberals. I listen to conservatives. I listen to the shit all. I listen to, I can't listen to Tommy Lauren. I listen to Ben Shapiro. He's a smart motherfucker. And he makes points um, that make a lot of sense. When he get onto some of the ratio shit, yeah. I don't, uh, some things that you can back up with facts, I'd be like, I, I can get why you yeah. feel this way. Whether I agree with you or not, I understand why you feel this way. How can you listen to these arguments and not get it. Yeah. And unless you're closed minded. Ah, the real issue, because that's the thing. And that's what I want to wrap up with. Um, a lot of these reviewers going back to Nate Parker's previous film with birth of a nation, even the, the one that you read, uh, dog, David Ehrlich from the indie, whatever, indie wire. He even mentioned, the previous film like yo whatever we we might never know who nate parker is as a person but as a filmmaker we know he not about he's invaluable or not of value fam you're coming in with preconceived notions and thoughts and feelings about me as a filmmaker so when you sit down to review my film you're all you're ready to rip it you're not listening you know how they say um 
when you speak to people, like speak to listen, not to respond. These reviewers are speaking to respond. They're writing to respond. They went in with a it's confirmation bias. Hey. I know I'm gonna like this shit when I first came in. I don't like Nate Parker, so I don't like Nate Parker's movies. Nigga, this shit is about black people being treated bad by the police. I don't like it. It's not about Nate Parker. I don't believe it off rip, so I'm gonna pick it apart every chance I get. Fam. It's like again, going back to the Capitol thing, when uh when the rioters and all the other people out there just bust out to the media like Yo, we wasn't being violent at all. That was Antifa. That was Black Lives Matter. That was not us. That wasn't the Proud Boys. That wasn't the cops. That wasn't uh, the good white people. That was the bad white people out there trying to make white people look bad. Fam, those what? Were those bad apples like those bad apples and the cops. Man, man, it's never us. It's them, never us. And that's the mentality that these reviewers had. They came in saying, yo, it's Nate Parker. It's not his movies. It's not his direction. It's not his writing. It's Nate Parker we don't like. I'm mad that I watched or I listened to, I read some of these fucking um, reviews. Yeah. Did you read them before or after? Before. Okay. And I thought that maybe the movie wasn't going to be good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I thought I'm like maybe I would like it on an emotional level, yeah. But maybe I wouldn't like it like on a, on a technical level, whatever. And then I watched the movie, and it was good as hell. I don't know if I had lowered expectations, so it was even better for me. Which is why, if we gonna watch a movie, or we tell y'all we watching a movie, don't tell me if you like it or not. Yeah, tell me you watched it. Don't tell me oh it was really good, it was really bad. A spoiler ain't. The details of the movie don't even tell me if you liked it or not because it's bias. Yeah, and it's a it's one of those biases that you can't undo. You can't unring a bell, which is why, like, when you go into a police lineup, you can't see the picture first before you put the people in the lineup. Yeah, because they'll say. So if you show somebody a mugshot and then you show them in a the lineup, they're picking the person that they saw before the mugshot. Mm-hmm. You can't do it. Right, because it's an it's a bias. It's it's like a subconscious bias. If you tell me a movie was good and or bad, you adjust my expectations and I look at it and I view it differently. So, don't do that to me. And Wheezy, oh my god, <laughs> Wheezy, what up? You gonna get your mention even on a serious pod? Um, no, Wheezy gonna tell you off top soon as he finished. Yo, nigga, fourteen <laughs> minutes in, nigga. <laughs> um. No, dog, but I'm looking at this right now, man. So IndieWire, where our friend David Ehrlich works, one out of five was his rating. Rotten Tomatoes sitting at 31%. Metacritic sitting at 24%. IMDb sitting at 4.4 out of 10. I watched Gothica over the weekend. Mm -hmm. New to Netflix, by the way, currently there. Rotten Tomatoes gave it 17%, my nigga. Mm -hmm. That movie was fucking phenomenal. But audience rating for American Skin, 4.9 out of 5. <laughs> 4.9 out of 5. And that's before I give it this 5-star. Niggas, I bought it, by the way. Yeah. It was twelve ninety nine. Buy the shit. Yeah. It's, it's literally $13. Yo, literally. And I'm rolling through. These ain't just white audience members giving us ratings. I'm looking at these Google pictures. Whites, blacks. Here's a Hispanic lady. Yeah, Madison Riviera. Love it. So, yeah, and all of those was five stars. So, 
We say all that to say, man, formulate your own opinion. Um, I, I too, I read, because this movie was technically released in 2019, and it's been a couple years, I, too, fell victim to reading some of the reviews that came out in 2019. What we just read is from 2019. That's another thing I kind of I kind of don't like. Like, yo, y'all wrote these the in final, 2019. I wonder if that was the final um, final version. The final version. Has, has anything changed since mm. they, they got that screener or the Sundance yeah. version or whatever from 2021? Because here's the thing. You find me a critic who after 2020 I bet you says that this movie wasn't relevant and the movie wasn't good and the conversations wasn't there and he missed the mark and all that no nigga I'm gonna find you a critic that lost his job the new ass liberals who 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 all, since George Floyd died yeah. it's all fuck the police and defund the police I bet you they wouldn't write that shit now yeah David Ehrlich I might look you up on Twitter dog um See if I can find you. I want to really have a convo with you, bro. And and when I say that, I mean I'm about to come on Twitter and harass you, um, and let you know how great this was. We can movie have a was. discussion on the pod. Yeah, we got to find David Ehrlich on Twitter, man, and uh, Justin Chang from LA Times because I know he still worked there because I clicked it and found his email. So I just want to talk to y'all, real shit, because the conversation that y'all think Nate Parker didn't evoke from the audience, he did. But I don't think you were the audience. Oh, I found him on Twitter. Found David Ehrlich? Yeah. My man. First and last name on Twitter. Hey, we in and out, man. We're going to reach out to some of these people because I would love to know if they still feel similarly. I don't even want to back and forth. I want to know if you feel similarly about Look this Look at this Instagram page. You know what time it is. Oh, man. David Ehrlich. He's the whitest man I've ever seen in my life. Oh, man. One of the whitest, if not the whitest. Living Ugh. in Brooklyn. Oh, man. New Brooklyn. New Brooklyn. Oh man, he walking through bed stuy safely. This the guy who who gave a, re- a review on Nate Parker's and, movie, and that's what I be talking about, <laughs> dog. Don't send one of these gentrified people into my neighborhood to tell me how cool the neighborhood is. He don't know the neighborhood, bro. He not from where we from. When y'all walk to downtown Detroit and y'all having fun and y'all bopping through and it's campus marshes and it's lights and all that shit, y'all don't know what downtown Detroit was back in the day. This them this this is him having this conversation, man. Come on, man. man. Come on, mama. Wonder if he'd have wrote the same thing about a film on like how Asians are treated in this country with his Asian wife. Hmm. Interesting, David Ehrlich. We're gonna be contacting you because I just want to have a convo. Um. But anyway, Jay and I love this film. Again, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you it was a perfect film. It was right. an impactful film. What what what, what, what we getting, man? Oh, I get us a smooth for it. It's a pair of buffs. Yeah, I was going buff. I wasn't going yeah, white. Sticks. I'm not white sticking it, but this is a pair of buffs. Easy, man. Thanks. Um, this was an, an immediate for the acting was Cause great. You, cause, cause, like that's what we like. Yeah, the movie, the story plot, the whole yeah. nine, cool. But the acting, we look for acting. I thought Omari did a really good job. He was very. He made me believe what he was going through. I felt his emotion. Man. He was dark. Yeah, extremely. He walked in rooms and like the mood of the room changed. Yeah. Um, Shit, when they showed him, he's sitting in the house sweating. Just came back from my last chemo treatment. Woo! Woo! What's going on with him? Yeah, man. I I, I enjoyed the movie, man. Yeah. I thought the wife, what the, the, the child's mom did good. I thought Nate did good. Yeah. I thought all the cops did good. And that's the thing, too, man. Nate wrote this. He directed it. 
I can't imagine the emotion that goes into starring in this. You know what you're getting yourself into emotionally, dog. Such a relevant film for something that came out two years ago, by the way. I mean, not that this will ever be irrelevant because we've gone through this since the beginning of time, since the beginning of policing in America. But damn, dog, the timing of this shit to finally get released. Yeah, it don't go uh, overlooked that this is like I I feel like this is like an ordained timing Um, after what we went through last year for this to come out at the top of the year. I don't care what film critics released or reviewed it two years ago man i'm telling y'all about it now right now this film is culturally relevant it's conversationally relevant and it's a beautifully acted fucking film man go see it y'all got 12.99 to purchase it if you don't because here's the thing and ain't no pocket watcher if you don't got the 12 you got the 6.99 to rent it um but i say go ahead and buy it it is worth the money it's worth the time and contrary to what most movies do it gets to the point. This is done in an hour and 29 minutes. They got in and got out. This is a movie that I had to own um, because I needed accessible on my cell phone. Yeah. Just in case I got to show a nigga yeah. an argument. Yeah. Well, let me rephrase that. Just, just in case I have to show a non-black person a white argument. Uh, like let's let's come over. Watch this. Yeah. Let's watch this together. Because that's the thing. Some of the combos they were having in that in that trial scene or or those scenes. These were really good pieces of dialogue. And I read a few other um, reviews that were saying like, eh, yeah, the dialogue was cool and the conversations were cool, but it felt forced. Like, this isn't really how that would go. You know what? Nigga. You know why to to some of these white folks, it seems like these are quote unquote tired um, or repeatable things? Yeah. Because they are. Yeah. Guess what? White people, we're tired. I don't want to continue having to have these conversations. It's the same you. old trope because it's yeah. the same old thing. I don't want I to continue f- George Floyding with you. I don't want to continue Breonna Tailoring with you. I don't want to do that. And I don't know where y'all got the notion that black people want to do that. What we want is for y'all to get it. And y'all don't get it. And as long as you don't get it, and then the next black person is murdered, and the next armed, unarmed black person is murdered, or the next legally armed black person is murdered, or the next 12-year-old is murdered for holding his toy, or the next person is murdered in Walmart for walking around with a BB gun that he grabbed out of Walmart. Like, my nigga, at a certain point, y'all got to listen. And if y'all don't listen, then yes, we're going to keep rehashing and hashtagging. Because y'all not listening, dog. And Nate Parker, at least, at least, you got some people to listen, man. So we appreciate it. We love the film. We giving it four out of five. A good, easiest pair of buffs we ever gave away. Um, Great movie. Go buy it. Go rent it. Go stream it. Do whatever you got to do. But please pay for it. And, um... Great film, man. Nate Parker, I'm letting you know right now, we tagging the hell out of you because we want you to hear this conversation and know that within all forms of media, you are not being slammed for your efforts, my brother. You are not being discussed like some terrible filmmaker. No, we thought you did an excellent job. And guess who backed your film? Spike Lee. If anybody knows about great filmmaking, it's Spike Lee. So if he backed it, Please don't let any of these white people or non-black people rather um, feel like they're in a position to justify the work that you've done because they are not, man. You are solid with every black person on the planet, um, especially the two who do this podcast. So y'all let us know what y'all thought about 
the film. Let us know what y'all thought about this episode. Um, continue to watch, watch, watch. Again, if you don't have a twelve ninety nine, go rent it. Uh, make sure your families watch. Make sure your non black coworkers watch. Like it, when they when they come to you and ask you to to be their black representative on your Zoom calls, tell them, yo, you know what? I think y'all should go check out this movie, American Skin. A lot of the conversations they have in this film would be a better articulated way of getting my feelings across than I can give you on the Zoom call. How about that? Till then, yo, I'm Ann Wood. That's Jay Johnson. We'll be back next week. This Week in Culture, episode 141. We out.